Shaw lives in a world that doesn't play by your rules. Like it or not, you live in that world now, too. You want to know how to kill a shadow? You just shine a little light on it. If you get the God's eye for me, I've already got authorization for you to use it until you get Shaw. You go from the hunted to the hunter, and there's no place on earth Shaw can hide from you. More importantly, you and your family don't go to any more funerals. You get Ramsey, you get the God's eye, you get Shaw. Expect me to talk? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 181 of Do You Expect to Talk? I'm Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow co drivers, Chris and Dave. How are you? Good evening, folks. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah. I, I, I would say something about you know be, this being not a street fight, but I don't think it was that clever. So let's move on. <laughs> the street, the, the street always wins, Chris. Oh yeah, Liter- literally the tarmac. <laughs> the tarmac will beat you. <laughs> There's some cracking fucking lines and shit logic in this film. It's funny. I mean, it's meant to be on the same lines as the house always wins. It doesn't the work. Street always wins. Yeah, I it mean. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see. As, I can see the thought you, process in it, but when, when it, it it flows nicely as a kiss off line, but then you stop and you go, hang on, right? But so when, when he kicks the floor, there's it's about fifty fifty whether it's going to collapse under him or Statham. <laughs> and I just had this image of him doing that, falling to his death, and he's like, "Oops." <laughs> that is the noise it, it, he makes. There is some bizarre logic in this film as we go through it, and there's some poor dialogue. But there we go. What are we covering, Becca? So, yes, tonight we have reached Fast 7, Fast and Furious 7, starring everybody, even those guys from the first film, or the second film, even. They make a cameo. I probably missed them out. That's all yeah. right. <laughs> Go on, I'm going to read it for yourself. Anyway, yeah, starring Paul Walker, Jason Statham, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tony Jar, in a very cool role, uh, Natalie Emmanuel, Esther Pataki, who I missed out last time, and Kurt Russell is the one with Kurt Russell. I totally forgot. Yes, original music by Brian it's, Tyler it's back one, once again. It's one of the two. Yeah, that scores a step up. You can just tell it to him. Yeah, you can. You know, and as actually, soon as you hear those kind of strains of the opening theme, you think, ah, yeah, the, he's back. This, this series has a theme, and I don't, I don't think I even realised it did until we've watched them all fairly close together. Um, yeah, fun fact, of course, Tony Yar is obviously Ty. Yeah, so I mispronounced his name. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's Ty for Tony Yes. Pretty much. I might, have, I might have made that up. <laughs> yeah, as you know, I'm rubbish with these names. But yeah, written by Chris Morgan, directed by James Wan, and released in 2015. Yeah, it's supposed to be released in 2014, but uh, filming paused after uh, Paul Walker was killed. Uh, I think it was the last day of November 2013. So about six months before this film was supposed to come out and about six months after Fast 6 had come out. Uh, he was he was attending some charity thing, a benefit for something. Um, 
from what I've read, and I haven't gone too extensively into what bits are repurposed and what bits aren't him, because it distracted me the first time I watched this film. It really did. When I watched it in cinemas, I was I was looking for the seams, and on the big screen, I could sort of see a few of them, and it, and it damaged the film in a way that watching it home didn't, didn't quite as much, but I could see some of them. But apparently he had filmed, the quote I read was nearly half his role. So whether that means half of what we see in this is manipulated or whether his role is slightly reduced and the whole thing's reworked, I don't know. But certainly there's an awful lot of manipulation going on in this. I've got to give credit to all of the cast in this because acting around this must have been tough. Uh, purely from an emotional perspective, you think of you know the last scenes of the film. That must have been difficult. Jordana Brewster having to do a phone call to a guy that's not there. Oh, um, so I, I wouldn't claim I got particularly emotional watching it, but I could respect the fact that they all held it together. Um, he died in a uh, he died somewhere in Hollywood uh, as a passenger in a car that was doing over ninety miles an hour. Crashed, um, I believe his child, I think he had a daughter who was about 15, something like that, was outside the car trying to get him out and they just couldn't get him out of the car. So he died of a mixture of his injury and I believe smoke inhalation or he may have even burned to death. It was a quite an horrific accident. I, th I believe the family of Paul Walker did try a class action suit against the car manufacturers to do with the restraints in the car and so on. Not quite sure how that came up. Um, how that came out in the end but it's a compromised film as a result it's a year later than it was meant to be they must have had to change some things in the script because a bit like less so because he'd filmed a fair bit but a bit like Leia in the in the you know episode nine you've got to work with what you do have him saying um, either for this film or audio files from other films and so there would have been a bit of a change around in this Certainly, this is the first film I've saw after um, I'd seen them all, if you like. This was the first one I'd seen at the cinema, having known all the films that, that um, uh, preceded it as a mixture of the... Um, it's the it's the budget is now up to about 190 million and it took over a billion and a half at the worldwide box office. So this is the most successful in the series. Um, that's all I sort of want to say to start off with. Um, did you all guys all see it at the time? I think I did see this one at the cinema, yes. <laughs> but again, I kind of saw it once and kind of thought, oh yeah, fairly forgettable. Um, but no, I had a good time with it on this rewatch. Um, loving the crazy stunts. But, yeah, there's this typical like movie logic, which when you kind of really look into it and drill down into it, you think, huh? But um, for me, I would say Kurt Russell's probably the highlight. Um, and, you know, everyone just does all up to up to 11 and beyond. Um, it's It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I I watched it in the uh, in the cinema. I kind of I, I it did one of them uh, midnight screenings. You know, it was a double bill with uh, oh nice with, with six. So uh, I rewatched that again, um, back to back with this. So oh, how was that? Uh, it was all right. I mean, I have a bit of a thing with midnight screenings now because I kind of think they've kind of lost their their charm because um, when you watch something at mid, I mean, it's kind of exciting to to, to do that, but at the same time, I do kind of find. Past midnight, you, you, when you're watching the film for the first time, you, 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 there is a little bit of element of like you don't really see it in the, in the, in the proper way because I don't know whether it's just like you're a bit too tired or you're a bit too, you know, especially you, can you do feel, a double bill. 
you feel yeah, a bit yeah because it, it tends to be kind of done a bit more often than what it used to as well um because mm. for, for me i think it has to be like like a star wars film or, or like a say if they did like a bond movie for example and with a double bill um then i think that that would be really special um i'm not saying that you know fast and furious series is like any lesser series or anything like that but i think you know it can be when, when any film can do it it kind of takes the shine away from it a little bit mm. I've done it very few times in my life. Uh, gone to see, gone to see a midnight screening, and I can only actually think name one, but I can't believe it's the only one. Mm. But it, I didn't like the film as much, and and it's like when you go and see Double and Treble Bills. I don't enjoy the second or third film in the bill as much, generally speaking. I did when I, when I went to see a Bond double bill, and it was uh, Doctor No and Goldfinger. That was different because I'd never seen it big screen before, and it was so well restored. It was beautiful. yeah, no, that's a special edition. Like, that I think different. I remember doing the Majesties and, and um, Gold Gun randomly because um, Christopher Lee had recently died then. Yeah, and yeah, that was because I'd never seen either on the big screen. Both looked good. It was a fun time. I'd have I'd have gone to that if it had been almost any other second film. Film. Mm. So why would I want to watch Majesties and then what? I'd have walked out after one film. There's yeah. absolutely no way I'd finish Majesties and want to watch The Man with the Golden. No, Gun. it was really random. I do think, the think at the time I do think we were told what the what the second film would be. I think obviously because I think they obviously changed it at the last minute because they did. had died, um, and obviously it wasn't the, you know the, the natural following film. But it was just you know after it got to the downer ending of Majesties. Spoiler alert. Um, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, you could have followed it with diamonds, which would have been <laughs> could have been die another day. That would have been awful. At least you'd have fun with die another day. I mean, the thing well, is, the, the man with the golden gun is one of the weaker Bond films for me. Mm. So, putting it second, you're gonna have to put it after something so shit that I wouldn't want to go to see either of them. Um, it needs to go first, in which case you need a later Roger Moore film to follow it or something like that. There might be a sort of interest in just showing his first two or something. Would I go to like Live and Let Die then? That maybe. maybe. But yeah, Maj- Majesties has to be followed by something. Something at, on an equal at, level. At, at least, well, there isn't much on an equal level. No. <laughs> but something nearly as good. You know, I would have accepted For Your Eyes Only following it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, I think the I've done other double bills. I remember going to see Alien and Aliens. And I really like Aliens. I mean, we'll cover them one day. Uh, I think the J.K. Rowling series has been pushed a bit far back, maybe. I think but... I'm now willing to drop that from Yeah, from but anyway, because it's just, it would upset too many people, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to drop that one. Um, but the point is... So so we're not doing Harry Potter then? I don't no, think not for the time being, thank you. <laughs> oh, that'll, that'll be upset. Uh, my, my girlfriend and her friends are like, so we do Harry Potter? We we, we we listen to that. Really? I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I've, I've just seen too much blowback on social media to think I would offend people I like. And it's what, not what, a by question. saying, by what, by not like saying it's just the best thing ever? Work. Just by covering her work. I don't even have to get into the politics of it. I just think there are people out there today that genuinely have expressed how they feel hurt when people actually follow her work. And they've explained why. In I See, the funny thing is, none of us want to do it, so it's not going to happen. No. But I wouldn't have a problem doing a, a Woody Allen series, and I could defend myself doing that. It's not going to happen. So You've got to be careful, that. haven't you, these days? Um, because I just think I, I can make a solid case for that. Um but then, by the you know, if if, if by that once, uh, once you're starting to hurt, I'm, I'm not going to say yeah. what I'm going to say because I'll just go down a whole new other avenue. But never mind. Yeah. 
you just got to be careful who you hurt. Though. Yeah, exactly. You just got to be careful. And just for something that's just light entertainment, forget it. There's loads of series out there. Um, it was on the list. It was on the list till this afternoon. It's not on the fucking list now. No, drop it down. Um, but, it, but the point is... Am yeah, I missing something to... then, or, or shall I not get into it? Don't get into it. Okay. Have a look around. Um, because the thing is, if you get into it, you may end up expressing an opinion, and let's just stay off it. Um, but the point is, I read something from Amy Walker the other day, who's trans herself, and she was... A lot of what she was saying was couched in an anger I can't possibly feel, because I'm not in her situation. But there was a post the other day about how when she sees people still um, consuming the material, she makes it feel like it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? That that like what the views expressed are not enough somehow. And it's the difficult one for me because I tend to uh, disassociate artists from work. You know, Roman Polanski did most of his best work before any of that stuff ever happened. And I have no problem watching Chinatown as a result. I don't have a problem watching Woody Allen films. I really don't. And I'm quite happy to defend that to people. Personally, I'm not sure I'd have a problem watching uh, those films, but I don't want to hurt people who listen to us. So It is, it is tricky, isn't it? Because like that, that kind of, I mean, obviously, now this has obviously come out now that she's made, you know, she's obviously made her millions and there's a much loved children's author like around the world that's been translated into hundreds upon hundreds of languages. And it's just, a, you know, it's just one of those things that it can be interpreted you know, interpreted in any one of different ways, you know, uh, just in, in terms of, yeah. of like other things like that. But obviously now, you know, with the, you know, current, um, how people being more, you know, more enlightened and people being ever more culturally sensitive, which is, yeah, which is the best I, thing to happen. So I'm just, I'm always on the fence you know. about that in general terms, because we're, we're at the point in the world in, 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 well, Woody Allen's a brilliant example. You get accused of something and you're immediately quote unquote cancelled. It happened to Johnny Depp last year. Yeah, and then a load of stuff came out towards the end of last year that it's like Johnny Depp's only fault is he fucking spends too much money and drinks too much, right? And so I'm very reluctant to start with the right. I'm not. They expressed a view I don't agree with, so I'm not going to cover them. But in this case, they've hurt people I'm fairly close to, so it would be insensitive of me to cover the Harry Potter yeah. right now. Avoid, um, avoid. So there you go. But the point is, back to the original point. I, I anyway. watched um, Alien and Aliens in a double bill, and I actually got really bored halfway through Aliens because I was just tired. I wanted to go out, and I, so yeah, I, I, double bills aren't really for me. I, I remember seeing episode three at midnight and thinking it was fine. I was relieved they didn't stuff it at the time. I'm not a big fan of it now, but at the time I was like. That's the best of the prequels. They haven't completely messed it up. You know, not too bad. And then I went again at five o'clock in the afternoon because I'd already had that ticket before midnight screenings were a thing for that film. Um, and I enjoyed it much more because I was just much more alert and I was much more in the normal sort of window of time that I would go and see a film. So I'm not a big fan of them. And I know you've enjoyed them, Becca, and I'm not knocking that, but I would not want to go as much as i love james bond the idea of going to watch six films back to back in a theater in a cinema fuck off no chance oh yeah no yeah i did that um i did that marathon the six bond movie marathon um <laughs> well i was looking at it and i was oh thinking we'll be, we'll be at about four o'clock in the morning when we get to like the afghanistan bits of yeah like, literally I, I just 
I felt I really bad because I couldn't enjoy it. I was just so, so tired, you know, endless cups of tea and kind of like protein items, you know. And then it kind of, you know, just I, I couldn't enjoy Living Dallas as much as I wanted to. I thought, oh, yes, yeah, great. See it on the big screen. Yeah. It'd be amazing. I mean, I think so. It'd be, be different if you sat in the, on, the, on the sofa of your own living room. Do you know what I mean? It's, exactly. It, it's because you can sort of like get up, stretch your leg. You know, you can stretch your legs for starters and you can get up, have a, have a cup of tea. Yeah. Pause it, go to the toilet, you know, all, all, all this. Yeah, all this I mean, kind to be fair, thing. there was a lot of people kind of going in and out. And oh, yeah, there was, I remember there was a lady sat behind me in a onesie, you know, she was nice and comfy. Uh, but on the plus side, I did, I did get to meet Tony Black, so that was quite nice. It was nice to meet him after many years of, of talking online. It's funny. So. I tell, just, I, just a thought that's occurred to me that's got nothing to do with this film or James Bond. But um, the Alan Partridge uh, podcast, Monkey Tennis. Oh, Monkey Tennis. Have you heard of it? It's good. It's really good. They, um, <laughs> It's an Alan Partridge fan podcast. British three British I guys. I listened to a couple it. of episodes. I don't listen to it all the way through there, but I probably right. should. But they've just <clears> gone <throat> on to do the radio show that Alan Partridge, like first did on. Well, I think he might have done um, the the TV version of. Um, oh Christ! What was the t- show he was on? The day to day. The TV version of uh, the radio version of that, I think, was first. But his radio show. He he voices him a lot more like a sports commentator. He he doesn't sound quite like Alan Partridge sounds now. Um, but all I could think of when I was listening to it is it sounds like if Tony Black did an impression of Alan Partridge. Oh, <laughs> it's worth listening to. Just imagine Tony Black doing an impression of Alan Partridge, and that's what Alan early Alan Partridge sounded like. Okay, I'll give it a go. <laughs> all right, but they're, yeah, they're all on. Um, they're all on. Um, youtube and i'll watch them in prep to listen to that show monkey tennis good show folks people listening but only if you like alan partridge of course otherwise it won't be your cup of tea sounds good we'll give it a listen is there a smell my cheese podcast as well smell my cheese your mother (laughs) oh my cheese your mother well stop getting bond wrong podcast I'm I'm, i'm trying to sort of imagine trying to get like a podcast past iTunes that's called Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> I mean, you could just go and simply with Partridge amongst the pigeons. Yeah. You could. We've got a yeah. It starts with me in Trafalgar Square, and I'm going. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got a couple of Alan Partridge fans who listen to this. I know of probably several, but yeah, Monkey Tennis is a podcast I'd recommend. A lot shorter form than this. They're only like short episodes, they're less than an hour usually. So yeah, double bills aren't for me. So I can I can imagine your first experience with this film wasn't that amazing. Oh, uh, no, I, I no. To be fair, I sorry, I complete, we're completely off topic. I completely just forgot where we were. We went so far you couldn't <laughs> remember how we started. Um, yeah, so midnight screenings. Uh, That's the, probably the biggest tangent we've ever had. So, uh, God, went, went from midnight screenings to J.K. Rowling to. I'm back again. Imagine if this was all like the Doctor No podcast, and we've just gone off topic for five years oh in separate installments. <laughs> I mean, anyway, at, at one point we could just go back to do Bond and just see how we are. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, st- I, st- I still enjoyed it. I can't remember if I, if I came back to watch it a second time. I've got a feeling I might have done, but I can't remember me doing that. So I think I enjoyed it enough, uh, particularly, um, and I think I probably what maybe what watched it like. Maybe like again doing her own video, but so yeah, surprisingly, I'm surprised how little I've watched this in compare in, in comparison to six. Um, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed enjoyed the, this viewing 
it's definitely. I think it's one of the one of the better beans I've had uh, for the series. Um, so, yeah, I, in terms of my sort of opening thoughts, I I had a better time too, and I, I watched it twice. I watched it yesterday. I watched it on a rip, then realised it was on fucking Netflix, so I illegally torrented it to have a more difficult time with pausing and fucking around than I would if I just stuck the Netflix app on. But anyway, <laughs> it, it did just sneak in there I, randomly, I, though. To be fair, it was like, oh shit. It's... <laughs> It's the only one. On, it is the only one on there. Although the cartoon is on there of the Fast and Furious. There's a cartoon. Uh, there is. A, I've never seen it, but I saw it when I searched for it. It was that was there was a cartoon on there as well, and I, I am aware of one. Yeah. There's a ride of, in the um, Universal. Uh, I, I know from watching a DVD. All right. Um, yeah, supercharged, um, which I. I, I went on YouTube and I'd look and see what you know see what the experience was and it it, it looks pretty fucking shit, but he still had like Vin Diesel and The Rock and and uh, Luke Evans coming back and like you know ch- chasing everyone, yeah. but it it, it 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 looks like it's over in thirty seconds. It looks pretty like queuing up. Did you get you both Bond fans, Becca? Did you you might have been too young at this point. I'm not sure. Did you ever go to that like James Bond attraction that was in Piccadilly Circus? No, I don't remember that. It was, it was the one where, yeah, it was the one where, um, it was around the time the world is not enough came out. There was like a roller coaster as well at some point, wasn't there? Yeah, it was shit. It was. Yeah, I think really I went bad. on that once, and it was terrible. It was cringe making as well because you you went into this building, and they showed you around a load of um, props. So, for example, they'd have one of the Brosnan watches there or something. Or a suitcase or something like or that. Or something like that. And they'd start asking you, what film was that in? And I was with a bunch of fucking numbnuts who I don't think had ever seen a Bond film. Mm. So by the third question, I felt like a right fucking nerd. Because, like, I was... The, the person would say, does anyone know what film this was in? And there would be silence. So you'd go, Moonraker? And they'd go, yeah, well done. And then they'd go, does anyone know what film this was in? Oh, God. Silence again. And you go... <sighs> the living daylights <laughs> and then they go brilliant well done and then the, a third time and you go golden eye <laughs> I, I don't know and after this really stilted weird presentation of a few very random things you get walked into what looks like a very 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 small movie theater sat into a chair and it's a james it, and it's a it's a it's kind of a mission from james bond's perspective but it's not any of the James Bond actors. It wasn't the current James Bond. It was just some random guy doing some random thing that had very little to do with Bond, except when he looked down, he was wearing a tux. It was fucking dreadful. It lasted about five minutes. So Desmond, it's how long ago it was. Desmond Llewellyn was at the opening of it. Yeah. Before he died. And yeah, it, it was a couple of years before he passed away, wasn't it? So it, No, it was a couple of months, I think. Maybe even a couple of weeks, because I went there Christmas 99. Oh, okay. I'm... Because my okay, then, yeah. no, I got to something else. Apologies. Yes, now, yeah. My, it was, my yeah, then it was girlfriend the was from Surrey. My then girlfriend was from Surrey, so I was always in London. Uh, I was in London like every holidays at least, travelling in from like the very edge of Surrey, and um, yeah, uh, it was dreadful. <laughs> so I don't know why, why I thought of that when I. So when I keep hearing about all these like attractions spin-offs of films i can't imagine they're any good i saw the video of the back to the future ride and it didn't look that good yeah i mean i remember going on the, the star wars one in um in disney world you know the thing i think i was epcot 
um, you know, where yeah. you kind of like you sort of are like Star Tours, and you, and you and you end up like sort of getting involved in the, the Death Star thing. Um, I mean, that that that, I went that was Star all right. Tours, that was good fun. Yeah, you um, had yeah. I mean, I think there were. I remember you know, honey, honey, shook the audience, and you know, I mean, I'm not seeing. I mean, I've obviously seen like bits of it on TV of the Terminator ride, but whether that was any obviously good, I don't not. know. It depends uh, what you like, I suppose. Yeah. I think we're coming at it as film fans and wanting something that's like a cinematic experience. I've been to um, and, and it's Universal of a and seen the, the Fast and Furious things that rides they've got going on there. So all like the um, oh god, like the pyrotechnics and sort of the I don't know what you call it's it. All like the models of cars and that. So rides and games and interactive experiences because uh, certainly Rockstar have often been asked if they would ever consider licensing like a Grand Theft Auto film, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me as a, as a question, but actually this is the closest we'll ever get, this series. Yeah, quite similar. Thinking about it, that they're all... Well, there's kind of the taxi we're movies that we had in the early 2000s. We're basically following anti-heroes that in, in committing crimes. Um, we're basically, certainly in the earlier films we were, um, you know, very, very car-based, little race-based sequences and stuff like that. I think it's probably the closest we'll ever get. Certainly, the sort of first half of this series. Yeah, I, th- I think with Grand Theft Auto, it has to be kind of like a like a crime saga thing, like almost like a Scarface type. Well, may- maybe a bit departed, you know, like you know. Couldn't be particularly literal. No, I mean it's like I've heard the same thing about Red Dead Redemption. Would you ever do a film of it? And it's like, well, first off, it would probably be a TV series, and it's like, well, it's riffing on westerns. I don't think you need to re. No, it's, it it's difficult, isn't it? I think. Well, you just ask her what, like, what can, would the can plot you name, be. Like a, a really good. You know I mean? Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah, that was it. I was just think, well, what would the plot be? You know I what I mean? Know. Yeah. It'll be any western. You can just like stick. You know. Exactly. And every half an hour, you'd have to go and have a bath and eat something. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I finished Red Dead Redemption about three or four weeks ago because it, it didn't come out on PC till about November, and I couldn't afford it back then or i could but i chose not to i chose to buy it in about march i've completed it during lockdown to be honest but do you uh, think it would make a good translation to the screen like, as, as a tv series because it's, it's one of those age-old discussions isn't it you know kind of translating video games to to the big screen invariably they tend to sort of fail i mean i think the closest we probably came was maybe i don't know even like the re- recent tomb raider movie for example which that sort of... was very like the first of the rebooted game yeah in fact there were sequences that were from it in the yeah in the Tomb Raider game, the 2013 one, I think it is, uh, there's a series where she, she, there is a bit where she's going down rapids and trying to avoid like branches and rocks and stuff. That's in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, it starts with like a shipwreck. There's a shipwreck in the game and the film. Um, she physically looks like the rebooted version, more or less. Um, so, I mean, it is possible, but there isn't one overarching goal in Red Dead Redemption, just as there isn't in Grand Theft Auto. It's it's a slice of life, and you're trying to get further on and better yourself and stuff like that. But you know, in the Tomb Raider thing, games, there's normally a MacGuffin of one artifact or something like that you're trying to find, or three pieces of an artifact. Um, you know, even the Assassin's Creed games normally have like an end point. It might unfold towards that, but. I mean, Assassin's Creed should should be adaptable in a better way than the film they did. But, um, yeah, 
it's just one of those things like you know but yeah so i think fast and furious actually is the closest we're going to get to that sort of thing um and th- and there are some things in this game that are quite uh, this film for you and slip that are quite, <laughs> is it a film is it a game quite a video gamey but we'll get there as for the experience of watching it though it was um i couldn't see as many joins today so it didn't bother me as much some of the plot decisions are hilariously bad and and not well thought out at all but again we're judging this series on a completely different set of criteria in a strange kind of way because something being ridiculous isn't necessarily a knock on a film so the big skyscraper sequence maybe you get away with but there's there but some of the more mundane plot decisions don't make any sense the end battle took me out the first time i watched this film i remember leaning into my friend much as i did same friend as well in much the same way as i'd lent into him two years earlier and said how long's that fucking runway i lent into him during this bas this final sequence and i'm like if fucking cnn are reporting on it why have they not scrambled the military this this is effectively a series of terrorist attacks at this point and watching it this time, it was actually the first signal to me that the 9-11 influence on filmmaking had died by this point. Because there are scenes of carnage on buildings and stuff like that and drones flying into things that's uncomfortably like planes flying into things that you probably wouldn't have put in a slice of light entertainment five, ten years earlier. By 2015, I think it's fair to say... 9-11's influence on cinema had died away. It's a little bit haphazard. It's a little bit too long. As, as always with the Fast and Furious um, series, my, my one seemed to be with the mechanics of it, in that like that bit does quite make sense, and that bit doesn't quite fit with that, and I don't understand the character decision there. But actually, all the interpersonal dynamics do work very well. And it is quite emotional with the film. I don't ever remember getting tearful about it, and I, I don't mind admitting I get tearful about a lot of films. But there was something emotional about the end of the film. Final, life's going to change, and the final look between Dom and Brian, which again is uncomfortably too long and slightly homoerotic. Um, but then you get like flashbacks. Especially to, like, when he pulls the, the same facial expression for, for about like, you know, three times in a row. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's what they've got because yeah. that, that wasn't actually shot. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's... I think it's a wash whether I prefer it to six. I think six is slightly tighter, even though it's got a couple of dead ends in it. Or one dead end, actually, the prison stuff. I think... I don't know. I kind of... I enjoyed it. I still think we're 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 on a slight downswing from last week. Uh, sorry, from Fast Five. I think I'm tempted to put it slightly behind six as well, but I, I'm not 100% clear on that until we go through it. Becca? Yeah, I saw this one, obviously, yeah, at the cinema. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I've seen it since, but obviously I was obviously very sad by the passing of, of Paul Walker. Um, and then obviously when, um, was it was Khalifa, uh, Khalifa, sorry, and um, a Charlie Puth song, um, See You Again, came out. That was, I think I was probably one of the many millions of people who who watched it over and over again and made it, you know, one of the most watched YouTube videos of, of all time at the time. Um, it was very heartbreaking. Obviously, it's bit of a pin-up really bit of a pin-up so you know really um speaking out to that generation of fans um and it did you know i wasn't just like oh it, you know had a little cry shed a little tear it was i very thought sad. of you earlier because i don't mean any offense when i say this i just watched you earlier and i thought I, I, I watched it earlier and i thought 
I, I would imagine Becca might have had a yeah, little though, Yeah, no, I, no, I yeah. totally feel that's, that's fine on this occasion. So that's, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'll be like, oh, so. Yeah, yeah, but I don't mean that in a fun-making way. I just remember we no, watched no, no. we watched It's a Wonderful Life one year, and you were crying at the well, end. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. So I just I just thought that? I could imagine this getting to you a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> That's actually you know, especially something with um, you know, It's a Wonderful Life because it is. Yeah. That ending is one of the most classic in Hollywood, and just and, you know, in the way it's all kind of put yeah, together. But I mean, what I'm also saying is, I've I've seen it many many times, uh, as of all of us, and I stopped crying at It's a Wonderful Life years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I've just cried out on it. I, I cry at a lot of things. It's not, it's really not an insult, but I just remember we when we referred to like this is the last one with Paul Walker when he's actually alive through all of the filming last week. I could just hear it in your voice that you're going to find it a little difficult next week. And, and yeah. You, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, what I mentioned earlier, I had a good time. Obviously, I didn't mean I just I just laughed it off or whatever. But no, it's it's very poignant. It's it's always very sad. You know, if you've got an actor that you kind of followed, or you know, if you're a big fan of the films, definitely. Um, and yeah, as I say, as I did, I was kind of when I was watching this back um, for this podcast, I was you know, same as you, Dave, kind of looking looking for the joins. Um, but I think I think it was um, one of the quotes. I think it was noticed that oh, like the um, the previous film, actually, no, it might have been Vin Diesel. Um, like the previous film was, you know, it was, it was dedicated to him, um, and this film was actually, you know, because the effort that you put into it was actually from from Paul, from Paul Walker. I just think that's, that's such a lovely sentiment. You know, it's you've got one kind of last thing to to really, um, to you know, remember him by. Because, you know, obviously it affected the cast and crew as well because, you know, you do become like a family for making a film over a number of years. You know, the directors kind of come and go, various cast members come and go. But you do kind of form, you know, a family when, when, you know, when you're making it. And, yeah, it's... You know, if you if you weren't touched by that, then basically you've got a heart stone, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, what I was going to just going to add to that is uh, the dynamic clearly changes in the weeks that follow. Um, we'll see it next week. I'll I'll find some articles on the whole thing around the atmosphere. Now that could be how long they've been together. That could be a change in someone's behaviour. Could just be the chemistry's changed with no Paul Walker there. You just you just really don't know. But at this stage, you're bought into this being quite a tight crew and they do have chemistry. So, yeah, it it, it moved me. But at no point did I ever feel like I was choking up or anything. The first time I watched it, I, I was just I was going in a little bit. It was all a bit like watching the layer scenes in, in episode nine. It was all a little bit like trying, trying to watch the joins, finding it a bit forced find knowing you're watching a compromised product even though they took longer and it affected me the first time but obviously all these years on a lot less so and it and it is one of the better films in the series yeah definitely i i, I mean i i think it's probably ignoring the 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 stuff with paul walker and, and the tragedy of that and what they had to do to work around it i think when they get it's probably the most comfortable and ambitious at where where it what it wants to do i mean obviously after Five and moving on to six, they thought, right, we're doing into this more kind of like action, espionage cat kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we're we're going to be a bit more like, um, you know, adventurous. We're going to get we're going to just allow ourselves to be more, like you know more silly more in that. Globe, and, more globe trotting as well. Yeah, and it, and it's it's a lot more fun for it. Um, what one of the other benefits that that I I, I thought was like a the adage of um, of uh, Kurt. Russell, because you know anything with Kurt Russell just makes it better. I think you know Kurt Russell just does that. If he's, he's ne- you know he's never bad. So for starters, um, and he just adds a, like a 
you know, star power to it. Uh, I actually think Statham's actually pretty decent in it as well. Uh, again, again for the, almost for the same reason. He just adds a, you know, it's the first time. I mean, yes, we had a, a better villain last time round, but this time round we have like a, a similar a villain that's like actually a threat, but also oh my, like a bit of star power. Jason Statham. Uh, he's a bigger star than Luke Evans. I'd yes, say. that yes, that's what I mean. So he's like he turn, you know, so he's like he's he's a similar sort of character, but he is a lot more. Star- and I like how they used him. They didn't go in the, the typical. Uh, it's all about him getting revenge. It's like yes, it's a little bit. Oh, I have to you know get to A to B to get there. But I liked. It was more dynamic of they still had to do stuff, and he just pop in. Do you know what I mean? He just like turn up and sort of. Uh, the, yeah. Again, try not to think about it too hard though, because at one point he's trying to find them, and then the whole Kurt Russell thing changes the dynamic, so they're hunting him, mm. and he talks them into that. And when you actually see it happen, the logic of it's his logic was flawed. flawed let's put it that way. What you say? Well, well, he's coming straight for us. That's just like, let's just wait and just wait for a fight. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But he's just. He, he's just. He's we he'll come to me and he's like, How's that working out for you? Mm. You know, you've got one in the hospital, one dead. But when they turn the tide and go after him, it's even fucking worse. So it, it didn't actually make it any better. And in fact, there's a decision made during that sequence that is mind blowingly stupid. The plot needs them to make this decision, and it's just like, But anyway, we'll come to that. Yeah, the other thing also was uh, I actually thought the, the joints with Paul Walker was actually quite well done, but I did notice it a lot more this time because I, I, I did what I was kind of like looking out for it. So I, I think I think you know it's definitely like more stuff with like Mia on the phone. I think I think what did help was the fact they already kind of they must have already decided to go down the road of like Brian settling down a bit more, and I think they just must have just beefed that up a bit. To cover, you know, to you know, to cover the yeah. It became less about him integrating this lifestyle into his new domesticity, mm. and more about him choosing domesticity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, which I think was like, I, I yeah, I don't know if there was element of luck there, but um, we'll never know because no. I don't know without looking into it, which I tried not to do. Mm. Now, I think when we started this podcast, if we'd started with the Fast and Furious series, which is unlikely and we'd be called something else um i think i would have tried to find out everything now i still do some work in reading around and stuff but i didn't want to do it with this film mm. for the simple reason that i just thought if i know where all the joins are i won't enjoy the film so i um, it ruined well i didn't ruin episode nine i didn't like episode nine anyway but those scenes stood out like a sore thumb because of the meta knowledge of like, well, she's not really there and they're mm. repurposing this from there. And what I didn't want to do is listen to a conversation with Mia and then find that they've actually used some dialogue from a different context in another film. So I, I didn't look into it today. I can see some of the joins. Uh, but I have to say, by and large, they've done a very good job. There's one that I might be proven wrong on. And maybe it wasn't a join, but there's there's one scene he's put into that I'm absolutely convinced he wasn't there, and I think I can see the join. There, there um, is a, a definite lack. I, I think you can definitely tell that there was a bit of a lack of Paul Walker. Like, you know, there, there was some... Like, like with some things, you, you know, you, you feel like like um, there's a bit of absence of his presence. And you usually have, like... Mm. Even the simple things, like, they'll have a, a bit of a shot of him here, there, especially when, like... 
they're talking about him, and, and you notice they actually don't just focus on the two characters. And you just, and, and, and you kind of think like, yeah, I can kind of tell. I wonder what they're going to do with nine because Jordana Brewster's in it. So that'll be interesting. I've seen artwork where she's in it. I think they made a mistake with the fate of the Furious in that Scott Eastwood was brought in clearly as sort of a Paul Walker analogue. That they would test him out in that film and if so, he would, you know, slot into the sort of blonde man role in the team going forward. And I'm not sure that was a good... No, I I, I think think that's going to be John Cena next time around. Uh, to, but to be honest, Scott Eastwood got a lot of shit for that film, and I thought he was fine, but I don't necessarily think that's going the right way. Yeah, John Cena will turn out to be a bloody nice bloke because we know how this because <laughs> he's, he's brothers. Coming. He's Dom Toretto's brother. He is J- J- Jacob Toretto. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hans Ramore. <laughs> yeah. Dear it, dear. Uh, yeah, he has an evil brother in this film. And the bet turns out not to be so evil, and then they go and they go and get Charlize Theron together. <laughs> yeah, Charlize Theron. I, I, I'll be interested to go back to Fate of the Furious. I, I did what I've done almost every week. I watched the first few minutes of it the other day, and I needed to. I, I nearly sort of kept going with it because it was playing all right for me. But I remember having a lot of problems with with the eighth. But we'll see. We'll see you in the next week. Yeah, um, but but yeah, on top of that, I think there's a lot of heart and, uh, and you know, there's you know there is the chemistry's all there. I actually think uh, Michelle Rodriguez actually was quite the standout of the regular cast this time around, which was nice. Yeah, to see. yeah, I, I agree. And and she's spoken out, you know, in recent years about if you want to keep having us in these films, you've got you know you've got to give us, you've got to give the women their their place. You know, um, you know, I I think. I'll look into it in the next week or so because there are specific quotes and there are specific things that were said and I don't want to misquote anybody. Mm. Um, but I know that she had some issues. I know Tyrese had a falling out with somebody. I can't remember which one of them it was. I know Vin and Dwayne Johnson fell out. Um, and, you know, we've got these silly fight choreographed things. So definitely, I don't know that it was quite as harmonious a camp for the next film. Whether it was for nine, I guess we'll find out. But Dwayne Johnson isn't in nine, so one of the major flashpoints isn't there. So we'll have to see. And that's why Hobson Shaw got made, which probably made Vin Diesel a bit unhappy. But big blockbuster Fast and Furious film without him in it. Um, but we'll see. Shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yeah, that's. So, um, um, I like yeah. the sequence. Yeah, we, uh, we open up to uh, the safe business brother hospital who's actually, actually still alive, he's not dead. He's not dead. Uh, they got him in for just that one scene. Yeah, he's not dead yet. Where he's scene. not saying anything. He's in like a coma or he's unconscious or he's asleep. One of the three. He looks quite burnt or cut or whatever that is. And the state is just basically talking about how he's going to, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, we, we never got on you and I, but, you know, we're, you know you're my brother, your family. So, yeah, I'm he, was, I'm he gonna... was. The dialogue is very much I was there when you were in trouble. Mm. Uh, and you, this is no trouble, so I've got to go and avenge you. And this is in a London hospital. Mm. Um, and it's, then we it, get it's a it's a great opening, I think. You know, it's it's, it's, it's semi ridiculous. But... I don't like directorial tricks very much. There, there's one later on when uh, Gmon Hansa gets out. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, what's his character called? Gmon. 
in this film. Uh, Jakande. All right, I'll try. I'll call him by that. Anyway, uh, he gets out of a car, and it's just a. It's really Michael Bay because he did get out of a car very similarly in the island, but it suddenly does this sort of strobey weird effect with the sort of shutter speed on the camera, yeah. and it just looks shit. I've always hated that sort of stuff. It draws attention. It's fucking brilliant here because it's perfectly in time with the music, and it gets you through the scene that bit quicker. It just shows you he's gone in and caused chaos. Yeah. When he walks out of the room, I don't know how they expect him. I've got to switch my brain off with these films, haven't I? I don't know how they expect him to care for his brother when they fuck. He's fucked the hospital up. <laughs> well, he's 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 he's, 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 he's left the machines working, hasn't he? He's just like he's just he's just lots of bottles yeah, in the he's corridor. Just throwing hand grenades in the reception area and stuff. Yeah, I I did think it's it's cool. It works. By, by, by the way. In in a, in a couple of films now, he'll he'll be a good guy. <laughs> and the yeah, opening shot and, and, the, and the opening scene is him like destroying a hospital and like and murdering like like loads of cops. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if they were all cops. Presumably they were anyway. They were SWAT, aren't they, or something like that? Or well, something yeah, no, but like if he's in there, there will still be medical staff in there, I would think. Yeah. Next week he'll become a bloody nice bloke eventually. <laughs> um, it's just funny. Bloody nice bloke. But but um, it, but for a bad guy entrance, it is like it's. I thought it's quite good. If they prove to have honour, then it doesn't matter what they did. That's mm. basically the rule. At the moment, he killed Ham, but we're coming. Well, not even yet, but we're getting to it because this does the old Bourne film of the epilogue of the last film is yeah. a couple of scenes into this one. Right, so he comes out of the hospital. Then what? Uh, then we get. Cut straight to uh, Dom and Letty. They're like driving uh, to they're race driving wars. Out, they're driving out to race wars, and Which is like we, a we get reminded. Yeah, we get a reminder. She doesn't really remember any of it. And because she I'll... said, "Yeah," she asks if um, they've ever been, and he said, "We invented it." And I, and I, and I liked. I mean, it's a bit of an obvious conclusion, but you, I think at this point you kind of forget. Oh yeah, she she wouldn't still remember stuff, would she? Because you you. You'd almost like expect everything to be like back to normal, almost. And yeah. I like how they actually develop. But no, Letty doesn't remember. There'll be issues here. I like how they explored it. Yeah, bit. they did. I mean, and it's just. I think this is part of the therapy as well. He's mm. trying to take her to places she knew, excelled at. They both enjoyed. They probably bonded and fell in love on all these sort of things. Um, so that we immediately, you know arrived at panning of fit women mm. dancing again which is just basically <laughs> how this film is and uh you know and a fairly fit woman the woman who starts the race literally starts shaking her ass just before she does it did you notice yeah <laughs> what made me laugh is when typical Dom, typical Dom I mean, takes... the thing is that well i'm always expecting like so when the drivers actually go like one of them goes over a toe she's like oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. You read... What made me smile though is Dom takes one look at her opponent and then says to her, "Keep the revs under six thousand or nine thousand or whatever he says, uh, because he's going to blow his pistons within the first quarter mile." And I'm thinking, why would you recommend? Well, not, not the first quarter inch of a mile. <laughs> not the. First... I did think of that. <laughs> I thought of you every fucking time that was said. Now in the whole series, it's in the end of the film. I'm supposed to be mourning Paul Walker, and I'm thinking, are you going quarter of an inch of a mile? Right. Anyway. 
why would you tell i think it's to reinforce this business of i see how you drive i meet you i know who you are all that sort of thing but why would you because letty argues with him and you think why would you tell her to drive slower unless your car's going to blow up as well what does it matter what he does mm. so that was bollocks but she wins a race and the car blows up and it's like isn't dom clever so i wasn't even sure she even like followed what he said anyway no, it's not that important. It's just she tr- he trusts, you know, you know, trust and all that sort of thing. And I don't know. She gets out. They're all cheering, and she gets flashbacks to uh, the cinema presentation of her death. <laughs> it always makes me laugh when people have flashbacks and they see themselves in the third person. Yeah, they see. Yeah, they see. Obviously, when, when I dream at night and I'm somewhere. Or I remember something. I'm seeing it from my eyes. I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it from like a hero fucking angle behind me or something, or, or me getting out of a car. Yeah, or, or close up, or close ups of the other guy. Or I'm not used to looking at myself. I'd be, I'd be like, who's that fatwa? <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, I look like shit there. Fuck <laughs> it. Christ, I've never seen myself from that angle. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, God, look at that chin. Yeah. Anyway, so she she punches some guy I recognise. He might have been in an earlier film, or he yeah, might have he was in the Race Wars in the. He's an actor who's like been in like other stuff. He's always like. I, I feel like I've seen him in like NYPD Blue yeah. or something like that. I'm not quite sure what he was in. Um, and she drives off in the car. She's having this flashback. Mm. She's really hurt. Yeah, she does. She does one. And he finds her at the cemetery where her grave is. Yeah. And th- this is a soap opera, isn't it? Uh, she's I mean, at I, her I own. Mean, I, I am, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this. it. Yeah, but, but it is becoming really soapy. It's now. like, uh, I mean, it does make sense. Like, and I need to find out who who I am because there is an el- there's level of disconnect. Um, Dawn goes to smash it with the yeah. sledgehammer. She's the headstone. This is, um, and he she says no because I did kind of die there really because i don't know who that woman mm. was again it's it's falling into the trap this series of every line of dialogue being meaningful you know what i mean but it's quite good but yeah she disappears off and then i think we cut to brian yeah i mean but i think before that we had brian he basically he had a nice little cycle where he's like revving up and he's actually just yeah no that's what i'm getting at yeah. we, we see his eyes and him pressing the gas and it, and it, and he goes forward about three feet to park up with his kid in like yeah. a mini. <laughs> that was funny. It was. I saw it. Coming. I genuinely laughed at that scene. I saw it coming, but it was funny. He's yeah. He's a dad. Jack is now. Um, Jack the boy is now a, a toddler. Um, he's going to some kind of school. I don't know if it's proper school or whatever the equivalent of nursery school is over there. Mm-hmm. But he's not the baby he was at the end of the six. So some time has passed, and this will. <laughs> play into my issues next week with a you know where I'm going, Elena. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Next week we're gonna find what what's the deal with Elena? But we'll get there next week. Um I they pulled that out of their ass for the eighth film and it doesn't make any sense. That means the epilogue in part six was like years later. Dominic Toretto. That was years <laughs> after the main That is what he sounds like. So Han obviously had some time in Tokyo. Yeah, do we cut to that? Oh no, I think we cut to Hobbs yeah, so, and you know. Yeah, so we're at uh, yeah, so obviously you know we're at the grave. And... What are the FBI doing in? Oh, no. <laughs> it's yeah, not so their jurisdiction, Hobbs, surely. 
Hobbs is at the uh, DSS base. We know we have like you know, um, uh, Chris Evans. Not Chris Evans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chris uh, Evans. One. Uh, Chris Evans uh, Mrs. Elena. Um, yeah, Mrs. Sandsworth. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's yeah. had a haircut. Um, there's, there's, yeah, she looks a bit different. Th- that was th- disappointing. Yeah, uh, she, she's like... Because women should look exactly how I fancy them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not about you, selfish women. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, I was getting a little sure. bit like, oh, she might actually die here. Because there was this element of like, of of her like leaving for a new job, you know, Hobbs is giving a recommendation. Retirement trick, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of got that sense of peril as well. And and there was the, there was that kind of like you think, oh, I think you know, oh, because obviously, and she's quite an ex, uh, expendable character as well. So you think, yeah, yeah she might know who we are. And not only that, Dom's had her. So in 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 his world, yeah. There's there's a link. It would be just enough to like. It's bring personal God now. To help. Yeah, it's personal it's now. Personal. Bad, bad luck, you love. Yeah, yeah. So that that Hobbs comes back and finds um, Stafe. Uh, yeah, he gives her a letter. She leaves. She says goodnight. Says don't stay here all evening. But he's so damn committed. Uh, she leaves and he follows her out with a letter of recommendation. Mm. And says I meant every word. Um, you know. She's got an ass that won't quit, that sort of thing. Um, no, we don't know what's in the letter, but obviously a bit of respect there. He goes back in, and the Stath can work a computer. Yeah. I, I think this is a good like, opening for, for Stath. Like, you sort of him just casually at that computer. And... <laughs> it's, <laughs> just that, it's just that completely... What it made me think of is you, we see it in Casino Royale. We see it in Goldmine, actually, mm. as well, where like Bond is shot at when he's behind a pillar. We see it in both of those films, and Bond is like utterly unconcerned. Yeah, and there's something of that about it that he's he's just there, like hacking a very tough guy's computer, mm. and he's utterly unconcerned that he's been spotted. Yeah, he sort of pulls out a finger, saying, "Just one moment." Um, he's trying and... to get the names of the crew that put his brother in hospital. Yeah. So, in other words, he's getting all the details on like Dom and all the rest of them, and including Han. Who is still alive at the, this point in the film? We don't know this at this, this stage, but this is pre yeah. the epilogue still, uh, and it just turns into a fight, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed because like Rock said, I'm going to sort of like take that pinky off and and shove it, uh, shove it straight up your ass. But I'm surprised he didn't say or or something like that. But I'm surprised he didn't do his like you know wrestling catchphrase where you shove it straight up your candy ass. I thought, oh, that's aching. That's that. That's asking. I've never for him to seen say him it. wrestle, but I've seen him say that on Twitter. He said it about Vin Diesel without naming Vin Diesel. Mm. That was his catchphrase, was it? Yeah, it's what it, it was one one of his catchphrases. So he said, like, you know, that turned up some bitch sideways and showed up your candy ass. He was, he would say, or he kind of like, you know, he shout every every last thing he said and oh. shut up your candy ass if you've got a candy ass please, <laughs> just talk at gmail.com because he does <laughs> he, he does do one of his moves here as well during the fight he, give, he gives him a rock bottom what's a rock bottom uh, you know the thing when he slams him on the table that's basically his finishing move yeah right okay so he kind of like sort of he kind of like sort of grab, grabs him and then just sort of like just slams him on the and the, the, cam, and the camera kind of like turns with him mm. it's that 
Camera works pretty good here. Obviously, we've got to change the director this week. James Wan, who tends to work in a genre that ain't my genre. I mean, mm. we've said no, I think all this. this is the first kind of like non-horror mm. Well, I saw, I saw the first three Saw films and then I was heartily fucking sick of the whole thing. I can watch horror. I can enjoy horror. Let's make that clear. We'll cover some one or two horror series. Not that many because Becca's not that keen either. We'll, <laughs> no, we'll it's co- fine. I'll we'll cover Alien one it. day, etc. Um, I'm just a big wuss. But I'm I'm not wildly into it because I just don't get the point. It's a genre fundamentally I don't think I get most of the time. So James what James one's not my thing. I watched the first Saw, thought it was quite inventive. Watched the second Thor, Saw, thought it was almost more inventive because of the twist with it. And by the third one, I was just like, I'm really fucking bored of this whole concept. I, I think by that point it was merely a producer anyway. That's to be fair. Yeah, that's there's a nail in the coffin. They I think I got as far as you, Dave, and yeah. I thought mm, no more. I, I, the opening scene was that one from friends who was in the second film as well um joey did a play with her and had an affair with her she's she's in the third film and she's in some kind of neck contraption and i'm just mm. like i don't care i didn't even watch all of the third film i was just like, i don't care so james one is not in my wheelhouse in the same way as justin lynn is to a degree even though i didn't always like these films uh, so I was looking out for it today. He was handled a very difficult task because of everything. But this sequence is pretty well shot, and, and the camera moves around them quite a bit, mm. but it varies. It doesn't just do that for three minutes, you know? I quite liked it. Yeah. Um, a little bit of neither of them fully win, if you like. There's a bit of that sort of creeping in. It's a draw. It's kind of a draw until he unleashes a... Um, Grenade. Grenade. Oh, just as um, Elena, because the Rock has sort of beaten him, and then he's sort of about to get his own back, but Elena turns up and sort of shoots in his direction, and mm. basically she's about to get blown up by a grenade, and he jumps into it. Now, what I love is, if you ever do find yourself falling off a building, if you hit tarmac, you're dead, but if you hit a car, you're all right. <laughs> he bounces. Yeah, as long as you land on a car. <laughs> You survive. Yeah, you, you, you basically badly sprain your arm. Yeah, he's basically <laughs> been blown out of a window, so there's all the glass damage from that and the shrapnel from the grenade. He catches her and lands on a car, Dark Knight style. His fort isn't broken at all. It's a fairly tall building. Um, so, yeah. The state has basically put uh, Hobbs in hospital. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Elena survived. Right. But Elena's because... even though her death is slightly telegraphed, like yeah, well she survived because she was on top. Yes, um, yeah. So he puts like this puts uh, Hobbs in hospital. Um, yeah, so don't don't want me to talk about it, basically like this is like when they're back outside um, that of the of the home. Brian's there, you know, sort of get, getting the, the yeah, um, and uh, a, a mysterious package turns up. From Japan. Mysterious package. Uh, but then, at this stage, it could be from Han. Who decided on the line, he misses the bullets? That is one of the dumbest bits of dialogue I've heard. Yeah, I didn't read I was like... Do you know what, what he misses about the life now he's domesticated? It's not the fast cars, it's the bullets. <laughs> Who's getting a hard-on for bullets? <laughs> I think it's just like, you know, the action... Or whatever it, whatever yeah, is, is it kind of yeah, is it the action or is it perhaps his old life as you know oh, working for the FBI or whatever? So wh- why would he not say, "Oh, I miss the action," rather than "I miss the bullets"? It's like right. I don't. Oh. 
Maybe it's one of those moments that would, you know, they thought, oh, this is going to look good in the trailer, so let's have a say this. I don't know. And then we'll play it, and it's just one of those trailer moments that you think, what? Anyway. It, like, they got a tank. Oh, my God. Being not at all like a um, soap opera, she tells her brother that she's pregnant again, and only half of it is Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> only half of it. <laughs> Top half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then the phone... Re- so, basically, Mia's pregnant again. Brian doesn't know. Uh, later on in the film, this is the other thing I had to look up. In the phone call later on, sorry to leap forward, but it's kind of linked. She tells, because Brian rings her to say, if I don't make it back um, by whenever, take Jack and disappear. And she says, I can't because I'm pregnant. So he'll stay for a second child, but not a first, which is weird. Uh, but she says, I'm pregnant and it's a girl. And I looked this up, and you don't tend to know till you're about 18 to 20 weeks in. And she's not showing at all. So this is bollocks. But um, it does give... uh, It starts the path towards his retirement. Mm. And then the phone goes. Yes. And we, uh, yeah, we sort of see a bit of flashback to Tokyo. And, uh, you know... Dominic Terrell! Yeah. We actually... I thought, did we see where he was before? We didn't. We only saw it from Stace's perspective last time. Yeah, hands in the car, you know, basically yeah. dying. And um, he's he's announced it, and then they realise the package is there, and it's like, run, duck, jump, whatever it is yeah. they're fucking do. Brian gets sort of blown into the side of his own car and, like, cracks the window. They're all safe, but the house is destroyed. Uh, one thing I did sort of think about this is, like, it must be so like obviously he must have timed that just as he's killed Han and then timed that to give him a call. Yeah. I mean, either either like sort of Stafer must be like, Oh shit, I really sort of like uh mistimed that. Oh, just managed to squeeze it in, perfect. Yeah, basically if Han had survived another two corners <laughs> he'd have flung up and he'd have gone Dominic to But But he's also like assuming like of when Dom when Dom arrives at home, when he decides to open the package. Because it e- easily could have happened like if he timed it like a- as perfect as he could, he could have picked up the phone, Dominic to out. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So there's that. Yeah, if Han had survived another two corners, he'd have been late making the phone call. Yeah. Not only that, he could have called Dom, and Dom's like at a fucking drive-through somewhere. Yeah. And the house, his house blows up, and he's just like, "Yeah, all right." It's a miracle they all survive. They do all survive. Or, or, or they open the package like that. Or he didn't have that conversation with me. He just opens the package first thing, and then. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's a bomb. Yeah, take it straight to the... Yeah. Put it straight in the bin. I I don't think it's sealed at the top. Anyway. So, yeah. But it's all right. But, yeah, their house has been blown up. Thankfully, Vin continues to have... Well, all of them continue to have a reasonable selection of clothes available to them for the rest of the film. Dom goes goes to see Hobbs, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes goes to the hospital. Um, I think that's where he meets... um... Uh, Mrs. Hensworth, and I and I and I think if we're being like, I think this is probably at this point because he wasn't obviously, you know, uh, Letty's just gone off, so you know, that's he's not Nobder here. <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, <laughs> oh fucking hell, folks! Right, if you right, spoiler alert. We're gonna spoil it now. Sorry, Becca. Sorry, everybody. In the next film, we find out Elena's got a baby that's Dom's. 
right? Yeah. Now, they were now dating in-universe several years ago. So she's either already got the kid and is just not telling anybody. And is still like a, a newborn. Yeah. And, and she's got to figure back remarkably quickly. But it wouldn't be a newborn because Jack has been conceived and born and become a school-age kid in that time. Right? So she's got like a five-year-old somewhere who's going to regress to about two months old by the next film. So it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. We're assuming the next film kind of implies she had a kid after they got together in Rio and split up. She kept it from him, but the baby is a baby. There's a scene with the baby and Statham in the next film. This kid is about six months old, probably. I don't know. I'm not very good with baby ages because I don't have a kid. It's, it's old enough to be alert and responsive to you, but young enough to like be a little bit sort of helpless in its sort of like chair. So that this baby is a, you know, a few months old at best. And we're already about four years on from Rio. It doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> at all. They just wanted to give him some kind of stake in the next film for the decision the character makes. And the only way they can do it is to leverage family with him. It, you don't want to kill off any of the main cast. You can't in universe kill off Brian Brian, because that's kind of bad taste at that stage. Whether they might do in the future, I don't know. That she's back in the crew because Brian's passed away, I don't know. So it doesn't work. So they give him a child. How can they give him a child? It can't it's gotta be somebody a child the crew don't know about, as we find out next week. So it can't be Letty. It can't be Letty's. They're supposed to be into family and loyalty. So he's not had an affair. They're not set up as a polyamorous couple. Or an open relationship. So this actually, the age of Jack in this film is what gives us the problem. If this was right after six, she could be in the very early stages of pregnancy now. Still wouldn't work because at the end of five, Mia's a certain length away. Well, no, you might just get away with that. But yeah, so this now makes no sense in hindsight. Unless they, they seep together now. Unless he bends her over the bed and uh, the rock gets a free show. It's the only explanation. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dom uh, commits adultery because... Uh, Apparently. Because because <laughs> cause, cause another plot twist that we are unaware uh, of. Bear in mind, in the very next scene, he gets in a lift. He's on his way to Tokyo. And unless Elena runs out after him and says, can you just nob me quickly in the car park? <laughs> <laughs> no, for all time's sake. <laughs> For old time's sake, can you just bend me over the fucking hood, right? <laughs> that he's he's done her over the bed with the kid watching. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so he visits Hobbs. Hobbs gives him the lowdown of like you know he tells you uh, that you know I'm sure had a brother, Deckard, Deckard Shaw. Yeah, um, and he was like special ops or something. Yeah, and and his first advice is like stand down. I was like, what? Just let him come and get me. Which is a bit stupid, but he does go like, well, I'll give you the brother brother advice, which is... No, yeah. I think he's saying officially, I'm saying stand down. Yeah. Go get him. Um, so here's my policeman answer. Here's my brother answer. Because these two are brothers now. Mm. Um, family. Family. Uh, yeah. They, they have some long lingering looks as well. But anyway... He's just an animal, isn't he? Dominic Toretto doing everybody. <laughs> even with kids watching. 
probably uh, got the rock pregnant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the kid's a different age in the, in the next time we see her, so that might yeah, be it. Yeah, Richie's yeah. rock has a kid as well. <laughs> it's the one he had with Dom. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. So, what next? Uh, he tells him, oh yeah, he's Black Ops, which is no match for a man who stole DVD players. Yeah. That's where it all started, really. Yeah, they, they fight on fairly even terms later. But anyway, right. So he heads off to... So Brian and Mia are sent to the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And this is where the I think the script is a little confused because of what they do and don't have. So this seems to be an excuse to write Brian out of the film for a bit. or But he's back in most of the rest of the film. Maybe it's just to separate him from me. I'm not quite sure. This is a bit confused. Yeah. And Dom goes to Tokyo to bring Han back, which basically intersects with the end of Tokyo Drift. We're now finally passing the time frame of the end of the third film. Uh, Sean Boswell ages eight years in about four seconds of screen time. It's quite It's really weird, isn't it? It's so weird. They reuse a scene from the film because he's talking to Midlin Bow Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then he's talking to Toretto and it's eight years later he's, he, he looks similar but he's got more lines on his forehead yeah, and things you, like you that you can tell he's aged yeah it's just funny it's just like really you should have reshot that scene from Tokyo Drift mm. yeah. with Bow Wow not in shot but just reaction to his dialogue because you had to film something that looked a bit like Tokyo anyway yeah um, so he's just, he's just it's basically a scene where he, he basically gets a cross back because obviously oh, he found this at the crash site it was... uh, when did he give it to Han I don't even remember that uh, well no he, he gave it to Lessie Lessie gave it to Shaw because she said like, said like oh you know to prove like and Shaw left it with Han's body as a message yeah gotcha so like obviously yeah because we, we see it Shaw's got it yeah um, at the hospital okay Alright, I got it. No, I got it. I've I've just missed that earlier. It didn't stick with me. Then mm. we got a funeral. Yeah, um, which you know Dom doesn't stick around for. So they'll, they'll oh, obviously, no. obviously it's, this is the first time we actually see all the rest of the crew actually, which is a good like twenty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got to stop going to funerals and all that sort of mm. thing. Um, Shaw's following. You can see Shaw, and it just le- leads to him leaving the funeral and following him. I don't know what yeah. his tactics were here, but he follows him to like a tunnel somewhere, and his method is to like them to drive at each other at high speed, then get out of the car, him to put his own shoulder back in because he's just that tough. They're unhurt apart from that, and then they're about to have a fight: a DVD thief versus Black Ops. <laughs> He'll win. I mean, there is. I mean, I think. I think there's also an element of like, you know, the scoring system of like, no one loses because, like, well, um, they both crash. Dom sort of met, sort of mentions some sort of car thing, which basically equates equates it to using like a weighted glove. So in other words, yeah. like, he just like sm- uh, smashed his car. So it's like I yeah. would have won if you didn't, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so he, he pulled, you know, he sort of, you know, you were under a pressure, it was a street they're, fight. And they're interrupted, but they're interrupted. Yes. By a team of, like, soldiers and 
Mr. Nobody, as he calls himself, Kurt Russell. Mm. Yeah, do we, we ever find really, out we, what, his, what his real name is? No, we no, don't know. No, just Nobody either. throughout the whole thing. No, but um, I, I really know guys, he is an absolute joy. He's probably the best thing about this film. There's always a hint of humour behind the eyes. He'd have played a pretty good Klingon. Mm. Not Klingon, uh, sorry, Vulcan. I was going to say, hold on a minute. No, he would have been a shit Klingon. Um, no, he no, because um, he, he brings life to the lifeless sometimes. He's just got a little bit of a playfulness behind his eyes. Landed Nimoy had that. Uh, it, 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 playing a Klingon is... Uh, I said it again. Playing a Vulcan... <laughs> You're obsessed. I think I did this when we did the series. Uh, playing a Vulcan's not about playing it really flat and, you know, with no intonation or emotion at all. It's about giving, like, flashes through the through expression but uh so yeah he basically this allows Shaw to um escape yeah but he claims he's pretty much saved dom's life there but actually it was more about i need you to do something for me they needed him to get away a for the running of the film but also it suits uh Mm. kurt russell's what kurt russell needs that like okay now he's got away i need you to give me something and they do address this. They do address the, the issue of, well, why would I need you to give me Shaw when he will come to me? And Mr. Nobody, I don't know what to call him all the way through this because that doesn't flow very well. No. Uh, it's Kurt Russell. Kurt, it's Kurt Russell. So <laughs> Kurt, says to, Kurt says to him, um, how is that working out for you? You've got one guy dead, another in hospital. This doesn't pan out by what comes later. But there's, mm. there seems to be that tactically it's better if you go find him. I'm not sure that's true. Um, I think I think it's probably in the sense of like you know, um, rather like would you rather like you know, wait for the fight to come to you or or do well, you want to go to the to, fight? Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's like yeah, but they're back. They're back to they're back to the original plan at the end of the film. To be yeah. honest, they go and choose the streets they want to fight on. If you go to him, you're choosing his home territory. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And actually, them going to him in the running of this film is the worst thing they could have done. Um, but what they need to do is they need to find or they need to intercept a hacker who's known as Ramsey, who has created something called God's, God's Eye. Eye, which is a surveillance system that can spot anyone, anyone, anywhere. Sounds a bit it's... like GoldenEye, although it's a different kind of thing. It's still a satellite. But to me, I was like, hmm, sounds a bit like GoldenEye. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I draw I, the comparison. I thought you meant as like its functionality i'm like that's nothing like gold not gold's not yeah no but just in terms of the fact that it's a satellite and yeah and it's they have i in the title and it begins with g yeah <laughs> um brilliant <laughs> <laughs> that's fun folks uh, <laughs> uh they need to intercept oh it what the example he gives is he said all those years to find bin laden with this thing we could have found him in a couple of hours assuming he'd been somewhere near CCTV or a phone or something, but yeah. Mm. So they need to infiltrate because he's he's got basically a terrorist guy, Jakande, Jimon Hinzo. Um, I've got him. They, they've basically, um, well, we find out it's a woman. They've they've kidnapped her? Yeah, they've, they've apprehended her <laughs> and are basically going to try and get the, the God's eye. It's, and they're going to be on some mountain pass. I can't remember what country mm. that's in. What country is the mountain pass in? Oh, um... It really matters. Azerbaijan, no. It, it might be, you know. 
Although I always think of Eddie Izzard when, like, Azerbaijan gets mentioned. It's, no, it's not um, Azerbaijan. One of them is, they, it is, it's the Caucasus. Quickly Google it. I, it is Azerbaijan. I've, I've got it in front of me now. Uh-huh. So they've got to infiltrate. That's a good guess, wouldn't it? <laughs> infiltrate this convoy. convoy. And, yes. uh, and Kurt thinks, I need someone who's nicked DVD players. <laughs> <laughs> it all started for a little tiny, you know. He's brought all of his crew there. So all the crew turn up, including Brian. And they're they're sort of stand in and do their sort of planning what the mission is. Yeah. And Tyrese gets all mouthy as usual, and decides to hit the most dangerous part of the road. And then and then everyone goes, yeah, that's a good idea. And he's like, hmm, see, I told you. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, but how do we get there? I don't know, Tesh. Tesh. I know how to do it. Right, brilliant. <laughs> so the plan is. <laughs> if you told me this after the first film this is going to run for a series you know and in the seventh film what they're going to do is back off a plane in a car in their cars and parachute down controlled by gps i did kind of wonder and then they were like oh yeah it's controlled by gps and i was like well how can you oh, guarantee and landing on four wheels you know levels the cars out nicely amazing amazing yeah. stunt and Grips. for some reason, it doesn't work for Tyrese, but that's purely for like comedy reasons. It's comedy reasons. It, yeah, well, which, is, which is kind of like he comes of, good later on. Which is kind of a bit unfair because he's saying no, I don't want to do it, and then like they they make him do it, and then yes, yeah, his plan. And then, and then when he's like not landing it, they're like, oh, never mind. So he's clearly don't need it. <laughs> 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 it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but but what's more is like you know, obviously because he's there spinning around. What if he actually ends up crashing crashing into something and dying? They would have gone like, I know. oh well. <laughs> yeah, but at least he died in an amusing fashion. <laughs> <laughs> he, so they carefully laughed. He, he died the way he would have wanted, making us giggle for a bit. The problem is he doesn't want to back off the plane. The whole point is a bit like a human jumping out of a plane. You're supposed to jump out. Yeah. Free fall till a certain height, then open your chute. Yeah. But because he didn't want to jump out, Tej has remotely deployed his chute, so his chute is open at the height of the plane. That's why it's gone wrong. So fundamentally, Tej has pitched him into a really, really unsafe fall. <laughs> and also, he should be landing miles later because he's just yeah. been falling really gently for several minutes. This isn't well thought through. Um, but I kind of like the balls of the filmmakers coming up with this and then doing it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Instead of going, don't be fucking stupid, they've gone, all right. <laughs> Once they hit the ground, it's actually all right. Yeah. Um, it's just a straightforward chase with like a bus that's protected by a load of cars. And they've got to sort of work together to get the back of the car off and get brian onto it mm. and because they went hang on a minute there's a martial arts expert on 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 there which is the most wiry built of us right brian you're up <laughs> yeah there's the, there's obviously there yeah, there's like quite you know sort of specialized like sort of armory things like that. So he's got like side cannons and things like that it's quite heavily armored yeah it is um, we don't know it's got side cannons no. to start with i don't think until it starts shooting yeah it's quite a fun sequence actually it is a really fun sequence, and obviously Brian has to fight Tony, yes. It's all right. 
it, it, no, it's more than all right. It's actually really quite good, and it's well cut together. And you, mm. we basically find Ramsay, and Ramsay is just an ordinary sort of young lady in her twenties. That that girl from Hollyoaks. I've never seen. Well, I haven't seen Hollyoaks. Oh, good, yeah, yeah, she was in Hollyoaks, wasn't she? <laughs> I haven't seen. I saw Hollyoaks once oh, when I was at university in the nineties, and it was like the acting was so fucking bad. I stopped immediately. Mm. But it, it wasn't the younger actors in it. It was one of the like parents or something. Mm. Some guy delivered some lines, and I went. Somebody said, "Fine, check the gate," and accepted that take. Also, my Leslie's also here as well because he does bring in, which kind of like under, which I thought undermined, like, "All right, well, Leslie's gone off to find herself," and then next time we see her, she's brought back like narrative dead end. Narrative dead end. I mean, you could have had her traumatized in exactly the same way at the race, and just asking Dom for patience as it's something she has to work through. I will add though that I think there, there was those deleted scenes in the um, Blu-ray, and it does it does explore that a bit more where she does get a memory. She goes back to where she was found, and she has a few memory flashbacks. And you kind of like there's a scene where Giselle actually one who brings her into uh, Amy in the hospital. Yes, I heard about that. Um, I did so, hear about that. Th- so there is so, but that ended up being cut out. Um, so I right. think, there, I think there was intention, but I think for whatever reason, well, the, the, the problem is with what we're left with, you end up think it sounds like possibly mistakenly looking at the situation with Paul Walker and mm-hmm. think this, there's a tension between two or three different cuts of this film and, and trying to integrate what you needed mm-hmm. to use because you want the character there. Um, because I don't see any joins in this sequence. I hazard a guess Paul Walker filmed all of this. Mm. I might be wrong. I might be wrong on anything because effects were the effects were done by Weta. They had, they went to Weta to do the the Paul Walker stuff. Mm. I don't know if they did the whole film, but they certainly it, did it, that. It depends on like what they filmed and when. I mean, like they could. I mean, imagine there be certain times where they go back and reshoot scenes, and they'll be like, "Well, we got some things with Paul Walker, so we just use that." And we got the, we got him got the stuff of him on the bus. So that's yeah, the... not only that, some of the things on the bus w- wouldn't have been shot at the same time as the mm. carpets, and you know, you just don't know. But what I'm saying is, I saw some joins in this film. I didn't see any here. Mm. And if he shot nearly half, it's it's possible to say this was in the half they shot. But you don't know whether there were pickup shots later. I don't know. But the whole point of this is they get uh, Paul gets uh, Paul Brian whichever interchangeable get Ramsey off the uh, bus and into a car with, into Dom's car. Yeah. Uh, then what? Then he, then he has a fight with um, Tony. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop that. That wasn't that funny. Tony Yar. Yeah. He yeah. Tony Yar. Uh, Tony Yar. What was the film Tony Yar became well known for? On back. On back. back. Was it? Oh, it was always said he was going to be a big star, and I, I, I think there was sort of some sort of claims of diva-ish behaviour from him and stuff. The only problem when you watch Ong Bak is it's not uh, an aesthetically attractive form of martial arts he uses, in that it's all elbows and knees. Mm. Um, Ong Bak is was going to propel him to stardom, and, and I remember seeing it back in the day. It's about a 2003 film, something like that, and I liked it a lot, but the fighting, though impressive, is, is quite awkward-looking. And he never became quite the star that we yeah. thought he was going to, because that was a breakthrough film in the West as well, or yeah. on a cult level. But it, it reached our consciousness in the same way as like a, a Lady Vengeance or something like that, just well enough known, uh, or, or perhaps even Old Boy, although it wasn't as popular as Old Boy, I don't think. Um, 
so when he turned up in this, I was a little bit surprised. And he's actually used quite sparingly in it. He's got two major sequences, both with Paul Walker. This is the first. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sort of adds a bit. Obviously, it sets up like a little bit of rivalry because obviously, like he won the fight this time round, like too slow. Yeah, and then and and Paul, and Paul after does a, does a impressive stunt with. Um, well, it's in the trailer, so it, it's a bit ridiculous, but it's uh, it's quite fucking hell. How'd you get all that? You know, with the what was uh, that? with the with the actual armored like bus just hanging off a cliff, and he has to get out. Yes, his... yes, yes. I uh, can't see that those sorts of things without thinking of the Italian job. Mm. He has to run up the bus as it's starting to fall off the cliff yeah. and jump the edge. And Letty gets there in time, spins the car around. They've all got split second timing, and catches like the rear spoiler. But it is actually really well done. You do kind of find yourself holding your breath for it. And then Doc finds himself at the edge of a cliff surrounded by cars. Well, we, well, we first have... Because um, he gets uh, Riley and then uh, Shaw shows up. Yeah, that's it. Shaw shows up. Shaw's, Shaw's like tracking them everywhere. Yeah. So he follows them. But he's nothing at this stage. We don't think he's anything to do with the, the, the terrorists. No, I, but, I don't... He, yeah. Um He's just showing but he will his... be. Yeah. He spots that they've got a beef with Toretto's crew and then partners up with them. Mm. Uh, and this is where this is where actually Roman does he turns up and and saves uh, Dom by turning up and and, and bashing uh, the, bashing the de- Deca- Deca- out the way, <laughs> um, out the way, Deco yeah. Deco Shaw out the way. Um, and I like how instantly Deco Shaw just like gets up and sets up his sniper rifle and just goes on a run. To get his, get in position, like he's just, yeah. there's just absolutely no nonsense with him. He's no just sense. like, yeah, committed, focused, just like right. What uh, do you think of this section, Becca? Yeah, obviously it's, it's you know very stagnant, like towards the end of the film. But I, I was kind of watching, kind of watching this film kind of on off sort of thing. I thought, no, I'm going to sort of pay attention and kind of watch it properly. Um, from start to end, yeah, just you know. I can't really add too much more on it. I broadly agree with you guys. <laughs> so. Um, so it ends with Dom being sort of circled, doesn't it? Yeah. And um... they are really pushing it on timings, but also the indestructibility of these people now. This is some fucking crash, isn't it? Epic, epic, epic. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, uh, they do say it's armored, <laughs> um, but it's probably well, armored. It's probably putting it lightly. Um, it is. Yeah, I oh, mean, probably. He backs off. He basically back. He basically drives off the cliff to to get away from the people, sort of. Yeah. Pursuing, and they just basically crash down the, the side of this cliff, basically. Yeah. Um, epic! Epic explosion. It's inc- it, it's twice in the film where you just think he should have died in that car. At least it's kind of once. on the scale of like Bond or Mission Impossible. It was kind of very much of that of that kind of genre, really. Um, and I was like, it's an absolute miracle how they all survive in this film. Like bloody, obviously apart from Paul Walker, which is very sad. But you just think, oh my god, very dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where do we go from here then? So they've got they've got her. Oh, the next she's knocked out in that accident. So the next thing you see them by a lake or something. Yeah. And she's but... coming. She's coming round, and she immediately trusts them, and says why. And basically, 
pegs all of the crew by their demeanor. Mm. So she points at Paul Walker and you say, ex-military, ex-cop, something like that. Points at Dom and says, you're the Alpha. Points at Letty and says, you're mm. the Alpha's partner. You're, you're Mrs. Alpha. Mrs. Alpha, that's it. Then oh, that's she it. points at Tyrese and says, Joker. Points at Tej and says, I think, tech expert or something. Yeah. Um, Offended by the hacker comment. Hacker, that was it. Yeah. Um, so she she just says, the only reason, the way, the way you work together would only be loyalty or fear. And I don't see any fear. So in other words, you are a, lo- a crew of people loyal to each other. I can see by your bearing what your roles are. So I'm quite relaxed with you. Yeah. It's quite efficient, actually. Yeah. Sh- shows that she's actually smart as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she's quite switched on. So, oh, this is where ah, uh, this is it. Yeah, they, she's she's got this chip that's the god's eye. Yeah, but she posted it to, she put it in a car or hid it in a car. Mm. We I don't think we find out it's in a car till no, they're she, in Dubai. She basically gave it to a mate she, in Dubai. She just basically said I mailed it to a to a mm. friend for safety. But actually, when we get there, they find out that friend has sold it because it was a car. She didn't say what it was. Yeah. But she sold it to a billionaire who's got like a penthouse in Dubai. So it's still there. But it's going to be in some millionaire's Mm. apartment or billionaire's apartment. So they've now got to get into. They've got to get into this apartment. Yeah. And there's a party going on with Sandy. And get this car, or get the thing out of the car. One of the two. Mm. And this this kind of reminds me of where it gets a bit Mission Impossible because obviously there's a bit of, you know, what the, what you walk into some. Well, apart from the, the Dubai thing Mission as well. Impossible. Well, if you think of the first Mission Impossible film with the with the sort of ambassadors party mm. or whatever it is at the start, the third one with the Vatican, the TV show where frequently they'd have to go to some like embassy or something, and when they turn up, they've all got their roles. That's what you're getting at, I think. They walk into this party and one of them's got to distract while one of them goes mm. to do something else and one of them's trying to hack into the systems. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's been hidden in a car that they... Uh, I'm surprised when they drove it out, it wasn't covered in their jizz. <laughs> because they were, they were very excited. Paul Walker particularly very excited by this car. There's only a handful made in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like super rare. So I think uh, this is the bit. Uh, it, uh, they're just superhuman in this film. <coughs> they're looking for this chip, and Dom just picks the car up. <laughs> I'll just get it. It's fine. I mean, I mean, he, he does express that it's heavy. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right then. <laughs> so you know. If he jumped a bit, if he jumped over the building in a single leap, but acknowledged it was high, that's all right. <laughs> he lifts the car up so Paul can get under it and look for this thing. Tej and this is a problem. Tej and, R- and Ramsey have the same skill set, so they're both working together on yeah. hacking into the uh, CCTV system. Well, they put them as a couple, really, aren't they? They're kind of setting them up as like. Are they a couple in the next film? I can't remember. I think there is. I I don't know that that they are, but they are more. Set it up made to me be... laugh when they yeah, because Erin when she came out of the water, sort of Halle Berry stroke Ursula Andress style. Yeah. 
because they're sat by the the water to start with and she walks out like in a bikini and her and like him and Tyrese are like playfully fighting over her I don't really get the appeal myself because they're, they're just like they're, you'd think the most beautiful woman in the world had walked out of that water yeah. and she's fine but anyway um, the bits of Paul Walker there sat sort of poolside or seaside or waterside or whatever it is were, were heavily digitally manipulated um, but sorry into the building they're hacking Letty has to go and cut whatever wire they're told so that they can mm. get into the CCTV system and it's basically about keeping the security system for that apartment from interrupting what they're trying to do so that's those two occupied mm. Letty has to go in. She basically charms a bloke to get into an apartment. What's she getting in there to do? That is to cut the wire. Yeah. Um, and again... And to get in a fight with... Uh... With a UFC champion. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, she stole DVDs back in the day. She knows how to fight. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, who was a massive star until she did have her ass handed to her very early, very quickly in a fight very soon after this. Um a lot of smell the fart acting in this film. There's a lot. Of, you know, Vin a few times looks like he's just been told he can't get down from the table until he's finished all of his sprouts. And uh, Ronda Rousey walks in looking like she smelled a fart. It's kind of funny how tough they all have to walk around looking. Uh, and basically Tyrese runs interference, doesn't he? Mm. But his whole point is mouth. Exactly what he was hired for in film five. Yeah. The whole point is get get the microphone because it's like somebody's 18th birthday and just get all eyes on you well things so it's not it's no one's actually 18th birthday he just kind of like picks a random girls it's your birthday yes it's your birthday oh yeah and he made that up didn't he yes he did you're right he made it up i don't know what the party's for though but anyway um yeah and he just talks and most of it they they've done it very wisely not written it too well in that a lot of what he's saying is bollocks and not that funny he's not yeah. like instantly a comedy genius or anything yeah, yeah, cause it's, yeah. You got, Tari, um, got Taj like listening back, going, "Oh God, he didn't just say that." Yeah, yeah. When well, he's singing to start with, yeah. and then he makes a, a joke about one of the women's tits, <laughs> and he's like, "You didn't say that, did you? Tell me you didn't say that." Yeah. Um, and all that so that you know, Dom and that can they can all go about their business. So Ronda Rousey stands very politely while a load of soldiers, female soldiers, try to take. Letty down. Mm. Eventually, it ends up the two of them having a fight, very like the one she had with Gina Carano in the last mm. film. Um, different location, but same principle. Yeah. She's fighting a UFC fighter. Um, what then? Um, all, yes. uh, yeah, they, the, the system starts locking them out, so all the um, security around the car mm. starts locking, doesn't it? Like windows and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So now they've got no choice but to drive the car out of there. Yeah. And so they drive it into like the, the party, but then um, Stace shows up. Yeah. Just following, starts firing guns, and they've now got to get out of there before they're shot. Although they're told the car's bulletproof. Yeah, but he's got a rocket launcher as well. Yeah, but also his crew are there. Yeah. Um, they, they might be right in the car, then, but yeah. Anyway, they've got a big stunt to do, so... They've got a massive stunt to do, which is to basically drive out the window of the building into the skyscraper mm. opposite. And then, as they do that, 
the brakes stop working, so he's got no choice but to sort of drive straight through to the next skyscraper. Mm. And then he has, to, and and he's got to keep the car moving long enough for Brian to get the chip out of it. He's still working on that bit. Yeah, it's well done. I don't know what I thought of this when I first saw it because it is pushing it as a stunt, isn't it? This is probably one of the more outlandish ones, if I can say that. I mean, to fair, I did see it in the trailer, so uh, it, I was to be expected. But I, I, so I, th- I think it's like, you know what? Embrace the fun. Embrace the dumb. Yeah. It's yeah, all right. I had no problem with I agree. it this time. All very well timed. They have to jump out of the car at the very last second. I don't know how they've timed it this, this well, because it does look like Vin Diesel. And he's, he doesn't... They don't go with him like nearly falling out the window, but he's right up to the mark. Yeah. It's a very well-planned stunt. I mean, obviously, a lot of it's digital, mm. but... That, that last bit literally falling towards a window, even if that was, you know, green screen or whatever, just the split second precision of it, mm. the, the, to the to the inch precision of it's really impressive. The car ends up just falling straight to the ground, but they've now got the chip. And then they meet with Mr. Nobody and go like, okay, well, great. Now you can... The problem here is a bit like episode nine. I didn't mean to keep mentioning that tonight, but it's reminded <laughs> you me of... You are obsessed, Dave. Well, it reminds me of episode nine in that they spent half the film trying to get something that was immediately fucking destroyed. Sure. All this was to get a chip, which they're immediately going to go and pretty much hand straight back to the villain. That's where the whole going to seek him out is not great. Because... A, you're going to be straight on his territory. He's in some disused mm. mill or something. He's on the set of Robocop. But also, Kurt's team goes with him. And they've got the chip. So they basically take what's what the bad guys are looking for straight to a guy who wishes them harm. Now, he doesn't know immediately they're working with that terrorist, but it's entirely possible he would be. And if you do get beaten by this guy, you've got a problem. And that's what effectively happens. He sat there eating a dinner, so he's he's clearly got a working kitchen in this disused mill. Again, I, I love the entrance, though. Like, he's just sat there, like, not caring. Yeah. Sipping totally. on his wine. But they're immediately jumped by, sort of, the terrorist crew. Mm. Um, and I don't want to say too much about this, to be honest with you. Kurt gets shot a couple of times. Yeah. We think he's going to die, but... Well, actually, the first bullet where he winks at Dom mm. is because we find out he's been hit in his armour, but as he spins around, yeah. he is shot again. He is wounded. So, yeah, they've lost the God's Eye immediately. And Kurt's injured. So they get out of there, and they've basically... Kurt won't let them... Call, call, he just calls it in himself, because he'll come and get. he'll get picked up. And we know he's fine because he's in the next film. And then they decide, right, if he's going to come to us, we've got to go to the streets we know. Yeah. So they head back to L.A. And they don't, again, it works in the film, but it doesn't work if you think. Because they're stood looking at the city. And then Tyrese is arguing with them. And I'm like, surely you must have known where you were heading. Surely you didn't get right into the centre of LA and suddenly go, shit, I'm in LA. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, um, and that's one of the scenes. Brian is stood in the queue, the lineup of them. I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there. I think that that's added. It doesn't quite look right. And again, 
ballsy to do the reverse angle because you could have had one shot of him and that would have been fine. Mm. Uh, so now they're going to basically... They put all the obstacles in the way. Tej says the signal strength won't be very good, so we've got to keep moving to keep near the people with the god's mm. eye while you hack it to um, Ramsey. Yeah. And at the same time, Dom is going to try and distract Deckard, which he does. He basically draws into a, a parking lot, as they would call it. Uh, they do it at night, and they've got a drone looking for them as well, using the God's Eye software, mm. basically picking them up off any CCTV and anything the drone sees, and the drone can follow them and shoot at them and shit like yeah. that. The moment that drone like hit scrapes along the side of a building, knocking out glass... And later on, they take out like a communications tower. That's that. That would look like terrorism. I couldn't switch off the fact that the press are reporting on it quite calmly, and no kind of military or law enforcement gets involved at all on public streets where all these explosions are happening. Yeah, it's a real stretch. But then in the next film, they get chased by a fucking, you know, submarine. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the the scene as an action scene is actually I thought quite well well done. It's I mean, really I like, good. Once I like... again, it's really well edited. Same same editor we've had for a few weeks now. I think looking at it, yeah, Christian Wagner's the lead editor, and editing has been a strength on this series because it's not too, it's not incomprehensible. They're all it's fast paced, and we get lots of, loads of insert shots. I mean, how many shots have we had of gear sticks and fucking mm. accelerator pedals and stuff? Uh, but you always get an idea of the geography and what's happening. It's well, it's well put together. Yeah, and I, I just like the idea of like you know, like hot potato kind of thing, like sort of, um, and, and what's everyone's got given something to do. It you know, it kind of makes sense, right? Well, we'll. We'll we'll drive that, you know. Um, we'll 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 take it in turns to pick up uh, Ramsey. Um, we'll we'll figure out where where to sort of like hide, so to speak. Um, they don't know the fact that they're going to be facing like drones and a hel- helicopter. They, they seem to be like chase chase them in other cars, but they improvise. Dom sort of thought, well, I'll take care of Shaw because it'll just be a nuisance, and plus, you know, it just makes sense. So the plan kind of itself does work to degree uh yeah. yeah i mean it works fine i mean it, it goes in a funny direction because obviously the rock sees all this happening yeah. from his hospital window and, and, decides, and then decides my arm's not broken <laughs> my, my arms i've suddenly decided my arm isn't broken under here nor is it atrophied at all either the accidents just happened in which case i'm sorry your arm is broken and you're not ace rimmer right or it's healed in which case he's been there about six or seven weeks and the arm would have withered the, the thing the thing that made me and this is like you know working in the field that i work in when we first see the rock in in his hospital bed it's like he had a sign saying icu patient i'm like that does not like an icu fucking ward to me and you know i'm sorry if he if he was an icu patient he'll be like not in the state, he's not, he'll just be casually there in an arm cast going like... Isn't, isn't a nurse with you pretty much all the time when you're in ICU? Pretty, oh, pretty much. I mean, you, you, you usually be in a coma, that sort of state. Like, you wouldn't be like... Yeah. You'd be that unwell that you'd just... You'd be on life support or all the rest of it. You'd be... 
Becca, you've been Batman for a year. You've put loads of people in intensive care. What have you learned about them? The ICU ward doesn't look like that. No. Yeah. I didn't spot the ICU thing, actually. I bet it was really obvious when I rewatch it, but I didn't, no, I didn't see it. So, yeah, he flexes his arm to start breaking the cast. Um, he's, it's it's a step away from hulking out. It's kind yeah. of funny. Mind you, I thought of Lou Ferrino when Dom was lifting the fucking car it earlier. It wasn't the Hulk he appears out. on the screen, doesn't he? I think earlier yeah. in the film he's watching the Hulk, you know, some, a, a bad oh, yes, 70s was. TV show that he, was. You know, he says. Yeah. But actually it turns out to be the Hulk. So. Well, maybe that's why it was in my head. I sort of spot ah. didn't really think about it. I used, like messaging. I used to like the Hulk TV series. Yeah, so he decides he's got to go to work. His daughter's just sat there and with him the whole time. She's obviously got no childcare arrangements at all. <laughs> no, she's and just, he's just like, But she's quite sassy, so it's all right. Daddy's got to go to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, because she shit-talks Don when he arrives, doesn't she? Like, <laughs> he's like, watch that mouth. Giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy-daughters are always a thing in these films with hard guys. Um, they, they got a soft side. They look all hard on, on the outside, but they're actually... <laughs> you said hard on. Well... <laughs> <laughs> the tough guys on the outside, but actually they're soft and gooey on the inside. Hard on. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, the Rock takes out a drone with an ambulance. With an ambulance, just as it's about to take out Letty and um, mm. and Ramsey. She's changed car a couple times. They've just literally did like a little pirouette thing where she was passed from one yeah. window to another. I, I, we didn't see them talk to each other. They they psych they psych you know they just worked out what they both had in mind. <laughs> Imagine like Paul Walker getting her to jump out the window and they just didn't get in at all. <laughs> it's all well done though, yeah. He takes it out with an ambulance, doesn't he? He rips some guns out of somewhere, doesn't he? Where does he rip yeah, the he guns takes, out? Yeah, he rips out the, the drone. Right. At the same time, Paul Walker's got a like reconnector mass they've taken out, which is giving them mm. the signal that is allowing her to hack. And, uh, uh, and when that, he takes out Tony Jar. They have a fight yeah. and. They have a fight, and he's tied. It's an epic fight, though. It's very similar to Hinks's quote-unquote death inspector. You always expected him to just have oh, a moment. That's true. Yeah, shit. I didn't think about that. Oh. Tied to something that's falling. I think I'd prefer yeah. this fight, though. Yeah, that's better than yeah. Um, although it did occur to me when um, when Paul Walker arrives at that building, he suddenly becomes a really accomplished free runner. Yeah. He's like running he's off walls and like jumping through things and it's like when did you suddenly become Sebastian when did you learn that? yeah um, then what so oh yeah Dom and um, the state are sort of staring at each other on yeah. the roof and they're clearly they, they do another drive their car at each other thing don't they yeah yeah how many times they, they do it like three or four times throughout the film don't they I know I know and they just have a trope with this film they basically have a big fight they repeat the whole like you know do you think this was a street fight yeah god damn right and they just I thought, I thought the entire sequence is dead and just like going at it very evenly matched considered one of them's a trained killer and the other one steals DVDs muscles, as, as <laughs> and drives muscles. a bit yeah and can drive very evenly matched but then that's how the series is now um they're all really evenly matched. It's just how it works. It ends up with the dro- the uh, helicopter that's got terrorist in is about to sort of take them out on the top. What happens then? They, they actually shoot at it, don't they? They damage it. The parking lot gets damaged. Oh, yeah. They, they decide, like, you know, um, once they lose God's eye, they, they, they find Dom and they just fire on the parking lot. 
and yeah. the parking lot crumbles underneath Stafe. And then Dom says the street always wins. And... Yeah, and then sort of stamps on the ground, yeah. which in reality would probably do nothing and you'd look a twat. The street always wins, and then it looks like you're just like stamping your feet. Yeah. So, yeah. so he falls, not to his death, though. Uh, Dom gets in the car and just. He gets all the evil knocked out. That's what it is. Yeah. He's trying to outrun basically a collapsing building. And then he spots the the helicopter, which has a lock on him. And he decides to do this is this is like fucking Max Power throwing the bullets. One, this is, is like Max Power. This is unbelievable. He, he does a, he launches at it, just in just in and gets just at an angle that he can hook a bag of grenades onto it, right? And then fall not to his death. And and. And, and Dwayne Hobbs is like sharp enough to immediately spot what he's done and shoot at it. And and by the way, not that firing bullets at grenades actually detonates them. It you, ha- you have to yeah. pull the pin. You do have to pull the pin. Not only that, you have got like a machine gun on you, which you put down to pull out a handgun. If that thing is in range, why not just shoot fucking Gmon out there? Exactly. This makes no sense. Um, suspend your disbelief a little bit. It is, it is like, and the, that fall from Dom. I mean, he does look quite scared as he's falling. Actually, but it's like, how the fuck did he survive that? It's just a miracle. Well, supposedly, like CPR is is not. Oh yeah, he, he's a... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, Paul Walker's trying to do CPR on him, like as like it's anyone like, who stop that. Don't you realize <laughs> love is what's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell him that I remember, and I remember that we're married because. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, he, because and plot. Then, and then he dies because of lack of oxygen. No. <laughs> she remembers everything, including their wedding, where they swapped necklaces. Yeah, it didn't have rings. It was just all that necklace. Yeah, it yeah. necklaces rather than rings. So they've all survived. Hurrah. And Phew. The, the terrorists are dead. Shaw is incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, oh, you, the, these things won't keep me here. Yeah, he's taken to prison. Hobbs basically says, you're through however many feet of concrete, and if you get out, my fist and a gun will be the other side. So he's shut away in solitary, very much like locking up Lex mm. Luthor at the end of a Superman film or something. And then it cuts the main crew on a beach. Um, and this mother who is expecting a baby girl still isn't showing at all. And they're playing with Jack on the beach now. Again, on the on the small screen, it was all right. I didn't spot it. On the big screen, I could see that that wasn't Paul Walker. You can kind of see the joins a little bit. I think that. Could was... you see it? Could you see it on the small screen, Becca? Um, because like the first time I was sort of looking out for it, I think this is one scene that kind of jumped out at me. But I think this time around, obviously on the smaller screen, um, it doesn't kind of leap out as you uh, leap out. No. As much on the, on the big screen, it reminds. I know that sounds really of, silly, but you know what I mean. I'll tell you what it's like when you watch Spectre. A lot of people claim to see it in Skyfall, but I don't think it looks too bad in Skyfall. But this digital face replacement at the oh, start, yeah, of Spectre, yeah, yeah, where, yeah, it does look where a he's bit, hanging on the outside of the helicopter, edges. and Daniel Craig's face is sort of vaguely dancing around on the face of a stuntman. Yeah. And it's a little bit like that. It's it one like of you his, can kind of see the join. It looks a bit fuzzy around the outside. It's one of his brothers playing with the kid and Mia and Paul Walker's face sort of imposed on it. I couldn't see it on the small screen. I could see it on the big screen at the time, though. I remember that. 
And the crew are watching and they're like, he's out now. He's retired. You know, this is his new life. It's all going to change for us now. And Vin drives off looking hard. Oh, it's emotional. emotional. It's quite an emotional scene, though, isn't it? I think. Obviously, knowing everything that's you know that's happened since, you just think, oh. It's created completely digitally as well. The, the goodbye mm. look it, is not him. But it's, but it's yeah, done in kind of one of his brothers with kind of jumps out at you. The clue is actually the brother has a slightly thinner neck. It's actually, um, but yeah, it's it's mm. pretty well done. And of course, he drives off to some music, and it's a voiceover from Vin saying about you know we were brothers and all that sort of thing. Flashbacks to his time, and then he gets to sort of drive off to his new future, quite where he's going when he's left his wife and kid at the beach. I don't know, but he's heading off on his own. Path. He's not going too far. And then it's for Paul, and it's actually really well done. Yeah, That's... it's dedicated to him, isn't there? There's a dedication at the end. It's like, oh, yeah, rightly so. Um, of course because um, obviously this is the first one released I mean he was alive when 6 was released he died a few months afterwards um, final thoughts from me um, I sort of don't know in that I've got lots and lots of problems in the details and, and some of it scale some of it is yeah that's a step too far it, if you carry on like this we'll never believe they're in any peril we know they're no. alive and win but I mean if you can fall from any height and be okay then and they're all cats. I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, dialogue's a little better than next last week. Sort of. It's got more narrative dead ends than last week. I think the decision to have them go to Hobbs and just hand him the fucking thing was really silly. You can see sort of the joins between the film they made and the film they thought they were making. But I think possibly for the last week. We'll see next week. But it's still in the sweet spot. They They made... I, if you didn't know Paul Walker had died, I don't think you'd even notice anything was off, particularly on the small screen. Whereas, like I say, with Leia, it was just so obviously cobbled together from what dialogue they had. They didn't have very much. So she's saying a fifth of the amount. There's no sass in it. There's there's nothing Leia there. And here they managed to cobble it together. So that is a Brian O'Connor, you know, faithful portrayal of the character. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. It we're still we're on a sort of slope down from five now it's a bit longer again it's a bit padded it's a bit fat it's a bit thoughtless in places but it's really good action this this series lands its emotional stakes i can't stress how important that is when you do compare it to the takings of this world so yeah really happy with this um yeah ever it's a bit of a funny one isn't it it's one of those films where like obviously with this series the kind of the longer it's gone on, it's become less about the cars and more about the kind of more crazy stunts. Um, and we, you know, you obviously can draw the comparisons between like sort of Bond, Bond, Mission Impossible, for example. Um, and it is kind of one of these films. I mean, it, you know, the stunts are truly epic, and it is definitely action packed. And if that's if that's your bag, it will leave you on the edge of your seat. Um, you'll quote Tarantino, it'll sell you a seat, but you only want to use part of it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones where, like, if you drill down and into the script and some of the finer plot points, you'll be like, "What? Oh, they're actual yeah, yeah. idea." And, 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 and like, as you say, you can survive. Or you turn to each other and say, "What are we doing here?" Okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, as you say, you know, if you survive those kind of stunts in the real world, um, it just wouldn't be left alive at the end, unfortunately. But as I say, it's it's you know, it's the magic of the silver screen. Um, and again, a lot of the effects, you know, there's kind of very minimal um, 
like digital effects obviously this sort of face replacement things like that for example um but again that can't be avoided um but a lot of the stunts kind of done like very much in camera um i think that's something that just um justin lynn definitely has has tried to do as the series have gone on um james wands uh, yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's he's i'd say he's kind of very much one has picked that up from from justin lynn for sure um and it, it's still even though <laughs> plot wise it's kind of very outlandish um, but it keeps it very, very real. If that makes sense, I know it sounds really stupid, but it kind of keeps it kind of feeling, you know, kind of authentic. I guess like they, they try to, you know, do it in, a, in an authentic way, even though it's mind blowing. And um, but I say Kurt Russell just infinitely makes this feel better just by the grace of him being there, of his presence. By being Kurt Russell. Just generally, I, I can't legend, believe is Kurt Russell. I, I didn't like Kurt Russell. We've had this conversation before, and I think we've had it on air. I didn't like Kurt Russell when I was a kid, and I didn't like him into adulthood. I, I don't. I can't remember when it clicked, because I really like him now. I don't know why I didn't like Kurt Russell, but I, he's I got did, better I, as he got older. But it's, this is a really no, 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 casting, but it works. I don't even know it's that he wasn't an old man when he made the thing. Um. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I didn't like him, and now I look forward to seeing him in anything he ever does. I think he's kind of like, he's known for playing a certain type of character, isn't he? But I think now he's kind of really just put that on his head and kind of sometimes he plays against type or sometimes he does, he really sends up that kind of character. Um, but yeah, I just think he's, he's brilliant here. Like, we, we never find out too much about him. He's just Mr. Nobody and he's kind of behind the scenes controlling everything. Um, he's, and I just think it's, it's brilliant. He's one of those people who can just like deliver dialogue just so relaxed and it just feels like it, it, it's just comforting. This was effortless, isn't it? He's it just, really it, magnetic as well. Yeah. It just You always, can it, see why he fitted in with Tarantino. Yeah. Exactly. There's just an effortless charm to him. I think that actually does play better with age. But yeah. Yeah. Um I'll I'll go next shot. Um I'll see you. Yeah, go for it. That's it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think I probably enjoyed this um, quite a bit, actually. I was quite surprised how, how much I enjoyed it. Um, I, I do wonder what it would be like had it wasn't compromised uh, under tra- tragic events, but considering that, um, even considering that, uh, they, I think they did probably the, the best possible job anyone could do, um, assume, you know, of all things being considered, assuming what was made or what, what, what they had, I don't know, but... You know, in terms of making it sort of feel a complete film and also paying tribute to uh, Paul Walker, it, I, I think they probably did, did um, everything right, all things being considered. Uh, there, there's plenty of action. I think the action's actually pretty decent. I mean, James Wan actually could, you know, could actually be good at doing action stuff. Uh, he did Aquaman, I know, but... Um, but yeah, I think I think this is like pretty good. I think it's also amped by star power, as I said before. Uh, the Stafe, Russell, and even Jars to an extent. It's like it just adds an extra element of of like excitement and like oh, right, it's just not just a you know bunch of actors we've we not seen or don't care. Yeah, t- Tony Yar was kind of a a cityast secret in yeah. that like I don't think he permeated the general public, but those of us who watch quite a lot of films and are quite happy to watch a few foreign films here and there, on back was a thing. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you're you into kind of like your Asian action films and that, he's you know you're you're going to be a fan. So and and unless you're really really into Asian films and therefore you you studiously went about watching the sequels and stuff, which I didn't, um, he suddenly sort of went off the radar and then 
he turned up here and it was like Tony Yar. Yeah. So that that was you're right, Chris. It was it was a thing when this came out. It really was. And you know, I think it's just one of those things that it's not it's nice to know. Oh, you know, nice to know. Oh, it's Tony Yar as well. That's pretty cool. Rather than like it could could have got anyone. That so could it's, have been it, anyone. It's just a henchman as long as he can look good at doing the doing the stuff. Yeah. 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 He looks stylish, Yar, and he really gives it his all. There's an alternate timeline where Tony Yar becomes a big breakout star, a la Jet Li or Bruce Lee, you know, or something, or Jackie Chan. Mm. It didn't. It just didn't happen. Um, but Ong Back was a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is very similar to the trajectory across the series. There are similarities with Mission Impossible. Starts a lot smaller key. To, you know, the second one's ridiculous in both series. It finds its feet midway through the fourth film with Mission Impossible, the fifth one here. What Mission Impossible hasn't had yet is that feeling of, okay, it's starting to get a bit too big and a bit too stuffed and a bit too silly. I think the Fast series has at least shown signs it's starting to come down the other side now. Whether that continues into nine, I don't know. Because nine, it'll be the longest break in the series since, since like I think, between like two and three or something like that. Because... The last film came out in 17 and the next film isn't out till 21. Now, COVID's had something to do with that, but it was going to be a three-year gap anyway, which is mm. rare. And, and now it's going to be a four-year gap and they've got a little bit more time to think about 10 now as well. So whether that tightens it and the return of Lynn, I don't know. But this is just showing a few signs of, of bloat, but I still, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it a great deal. I just think that Yes, be outlandish. It's part of the, the signature of the series. But you still have to believe some kind of peril. Mm. And when human beings without any real kind of armour are, are having these kind of things where a broken arm's no impediment, a dislocated shoulder is no impediment, crashing hundreds of feet is no impediment. Superman. You're managing to hook a little badge strap over like a helicopter whilst travelling at speed. You just think... You just... You're just slightly pushing up against the limits of my ability to suspend disbelief. I think you, and I people just are returning about... from the death from the death as well. Yeah, and that, yeah. That, that's very soapy. We're going to get it with Han. We, you know, we, we've we've already had it with Letty in this series. We're going to get it with Han. We've, you know, uh, uh, yeah. And they keep adding and adding and adding to the cast. Now I know we've had some deaths in Giselle and stuff like that, but. We've added Ramsey this week, who's got the same skill set as Tej. They're going to cram her into next week's film as well. Um, both Shaw brothers are going to be in it. Shaw brothers? That feels like a bit of Hold a on a minute, we've seen further than before. The Shaw brothers, no. Um, uh, not the Shaw, those kind of Shaw brothers. But the, the Shaw brothers are going to be both be in it. Their mum's going to be added the, to it. The theme music. Um, uh, yeah, their mum's going to be added to it as a bit of stunt casting, which I half like, half dislike. Well, think about that and talk about it next week so what's amazing is they're still keeping the plate spinning i mean we, we're still having action sequences where they do have everything to do but eight is a turning point eight eight i think i can say confidently isn't as good as this week's and this week isn't as good as like five you could argue about six so really nine is going to be have they learnt, or are they just going to keep barreling down this path of adding more people taking ever bigger hits i mean they just see they're starting to seem impervious it's even it's the same in the next film when they're fighting the um 
the submarine. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're kind of a bit impervious. You know, I can't remember, but I remember us having a conversation about Dwayne Johnson's role in that scene. And I can't remember what we said mm. now, but it was like silly. But, you know, I still had a good time with it. But despite the fact you had a good time with it, what do you know about it? Uh, Paul Walker has passed away. Um, and oh, Vin Diesel's bald. Vin, Vin Diesel's got no hair. Um, he has sex with everybody, even in front of children. <laughs> um, he's 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 capable of making a woman pregnant and that pregnancy not showing up for four years. Uh, and her not knowing about it, so she obviously continued to have periods. So he plays a long game on pre- getting women pregnant. But that's it. That's all I know, Chris. What about you? What do you know, Chris? All I all I know is that the, the pregnancy doesn't make sense. I mean, what is 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 a big question. What if it's the rocks? What if it's Hobbs? And Hobbs never never owned up to it. And 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 Don was just too dumb to sort of. Oh well, well, I guess I was dating. Well, I guess it's perhaps, my kid. Perhaps when he. <laughs> Perhaps he right. Perhaps Dwayne had been to the toilet just before the state turned up, right? And he forgot to do his flies up. And then when they got blown out the window, he was he was holding on tight to her that got him slightly aroused. And then he landed on his back. She landed square on his penis and was pregnant. It's possible. It's not really, is it? <laughs> In an alternate universe. Um. Becca, is that in your list of fun facts for this evening? Strangely enough, no. The the, the night the rock became the cock. <laughs> Dwayne, he has magical powers, I'm Dwayne, you know. And I'm Dwayne, and here's my Johnson. <laughs> well, he's got mystical powers. But no, sadly, my fun facts aren't as fun. As disaster impregnation. No. Right. Yeah, I... The next week, I'm really wondering about that kind of the, the mystical baby that does or doesn't appear. I was like, oh, and obviously there's a big time gap in between. Like, the age of Jack is the only problem. Yeah. If a, if he was literally still in a cot days old, you could just about get it to work. It's but still then, like, I think in terms of in terms of the series as we've seen, the chronology is you know doesn't really matter a whole great deal, you know a whole deal. So. Yeah. She revealed she was pregnant fairly early on in their time at five, fairly early on. So um, Dom was sleeping with her, at the, not her his sister, her Elena, at the start of that film. Or was it the start of the next? It was the start of the next film, wasn't it? So he was sleeping with her around the time his sister gave birth. So if the baby was anything under a couple of months old, this would still work. But the baby's about four. <laughs> so, no. Anyway, fact us. Yes, so I've just been totally lazy this week and have found very boring facts, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, Dave, at the top of the show, obviously the first Fast and Furious movie to reach a billion dollars. And it surpassed um, the 2009 Avatar movie to be the fastest film to gross over a billion dollars. Um, perfect number two, obviously, at two hours 15 and a bit, two hours 17, two hours 20. Uh, so far, so far, it's the longest film. We shall see how the others go. Um, perfect number three, it's Tony Yale's first English speaking role. It's quite interesting, I think. Um, and talking of speaking, perfect number four, 
Um, Slate is considerably less chatty than his brother. Um, he had just 17 lines in this whole movie. Most of them tend to be in the first half, although like just quips or you know one-word responses. Um, and he must have said about eight of them to his brother when he was. Well, he bed. did. Yeah, I think he did. You know, so another he's like just do. Uh, you know, and then so yeah. My final fun fact is the first film to first Fast and Furious movie to earn a Golden Globe nomination for See You Again, so which was number one for ages and ages and ages. Was it? I don't know. It followed the charts until it was about nine. All right, okay. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been very lazy fun facts this week. Well, I would say that's fun, folks, but I'd be insulting my listeners. <laughs> that's boring folks that was uh, that was ser- that's serviceable folks so, yeah serviceable folks that was enjoyable folks yeah it was alright it's not very fun I-, I would even admit that's facts folks <laughs> we move on to our next series I'll try to uh, uh, try to be a bit more yeah. fact what's, we, what's the one we got The Fate of the Furious which which uh, is one hour it's 136 minutes this is 137 so this is the longest in the series but only by a minute yeah, literally. There's a minute in it. And it is a bit bloated. But then you're trying to write, write... By the time you put in the sort of Paul Walker tribute, you've probably taken it over the next film. Yeah, I think that's necessary, though. No, I'm not criticising it at all, but they have quite a long, longing, longing look. You've got his speech... And <laughs> you've, you've got the safety elements. You've got the flashback, you know, to all his scenes, and then you've got to follow him down the road before you even go into credits. So that probably pushes it over the fate of the Furious. They're coming in to 210, 215-ish. And they have been since five now. So, yeah. I think that's the average, really. Yeah, but very bloated when you think part four was like one hour 47. So, yeah, they've got a bit out of hand. As for me, you can find me at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter. You can find me at on Twitter. You can also find uh, all the old episodes at cinematrix.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at Expect Us to Talk, where you can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, generally wherever you uh, get your podcasts from. Um, you can find us at the handle Expect Us to Talk, or do Expect Us to Talk. Um, but wherever you do find us, don't forget to rate us, review us, give us a like, and share us across social media. Thank you. I'm trying to get organised. <laughs> yeah. this, this time next week, roughly, we'll be. Uh getting ready to cue us into uh, a lazy cash-in spin-off. But we've still in got meantime, one left in the main series, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk or return with Fate of the Furious, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 8?